Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121. Or online at mybestbailbonds.com. O oh, six hundred. What's the O stand for? Oh my God! It's early. Wake me up! Wake me up! Wake up! Wake up! Wake me up! Oh, wake me up! Wake up! Rob Thompson. You don't believe the other way in transition to the oh. left hand oh. slam. I want some nasty. Rudy J. Cowboys win. How else would you settle this game? Begin each day as if it were on purpose. I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning! Hey, good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. It's R&R in the morning. Those R's stand for Rudy. That's the guy on the other side of the door. The desk. How you doing this morning? I'm fine, sir. It is Small Friday. How are you? Oh, it is Small Friday. Is that Charday on your shirt? Yes. Love me some Charday. Is it Charday the... or Charday? Is there an R in there? I know it's no, Sadie. It, yeah, it's, it's spells it's Sadie. Charday. But Charday. There you go. Charday. I'm almost positive. I just know she has some very soothing, sec- oh. sexy music. Sets the, she sets the mood for that's, sure. That's baby making yeah. music, right? Well, yeah. There. Be careful. Be careful. How are you doing today? <laughs> <laughs> well, I ain't got no worries, but how you doing today? Hey, man, I'm all right. Morning. Is it Friday yet? I, I, I need a small Friday. I did. I did, too. I, I mean, I need big Friday. It's been a long week. A yeah, long it week. is a transition because I think Monday and Tuesday, you're kind of still getting used to being back in town and getting back on track with life. And then Wednesday, it's like, okay, damn, it's only Wednesday. So, yeah, it's kind of dragging, but we're getting there. We're almost there, and... You just said it in your sports center. We got football tonight. It's crazy. We it? got football all weekend. We have football till February, my friends. Yeah, and I, I remember, I think it was you, myself, and Tim, Spence, we were talking, and I said, it feels like it's never left. And you were like, dude, it feels like it's been forever. Oh, my gosh. I just feel like with all the news. I like, yeah, it, it never leaves. The NFL is br- brilliant. Saying, it never leaves. I'd like to go into an afternoon and wonder who's going to win. Well, and you have a definitive it, answer. Well, you could do it tonight. Well, the thing, you know. But, uh, yeah, this isn't real. But, I mean, we're going to see C.J. Stroud. You mean that six-year vet that still hasn't been yeah. named starting quarterback? Hasn't been named. They want to see him in real <laughs> live action, I guess, if you want to call it. It is for him. For rookies, this matters. I don't know where I was. I was walk- I, I was in my house, obviously. I, I know where I was. Right. But I was walking through the room, and I don't know what show it was on. I think it might have been Fox well, I think it might have been Mick Attenix News, 29 and 9. Okay, what up, Chuck? I, I think it might have been. Yeah, morning, Chuck. Um, like he's awake. Like he's awake, I know. Um, but they were, they were doing a, a Houston Texans presser as they were, you know, post-practice. And somebody asked somebody on the offense, so uh, you think you've caught up to the defense? And what like, they who said? said what, what do you mean? Oh, they got upset? Yeah, like uh, this offense is as good as this defense. I, I just thought that was very funny. 
as no, they I'm, get ready I, for tonight. I love it. I love it. You need that type of competition at camp. So uh, we get football tonight, and really, on this is it. It's uh, Cowboys it. on Saturday versus the Jags. Now, I doubt we see anybody of significance other than, you know, we get to see the unveiling of the secret, secret weapon that is Will Deuce. Greer. Oh. Deuce. Yeah, we get to see We're going to drop a deuce on the NFL. Will Greer, Cooper Rush, Mozzie, this uh, rookie class, which we got to discuss today. So far, I mean, we only got to see him at camp. You really can't judge a rookie class until maybe two, three years, as Coach McCarthy would tell us, but we still want to look at him. That is the ultimate cop-out. Is it? it? Yes, it is. You know. No. Yeah, you do. I don't know. I think I think most of the time some guys are slow. No, you're slow right. Learners. And I would say seventy five percent of the time, you know, within six months, now, things can change, and that's the other twenty five percent. But I think you can. You everybody, you got to admit it. We, you know, you wouldn't. I made a mistake, and you try to make the best of it. And some times it works out. So second year guy Jalen Tolbert, if he has a good season, because he couldn't even get on the field, right? And he might be the. It might be a. Bu- he might be a bust. It, he if, might. If, and can I you think, be a bust if you're picked in the third round? Yes, you can be the a third bust. rounders are are starters. Yes. Damn, it's a cruel world. It in is the NFL. a hard and cruel world, but you know he got paid third round money. Speaking of getting paid the money, I, I finally got to watch the uh, Johnny Football Money Manziel. It, it it was good. It it kind of like a. Did you find out anything you didn't know? I did. I did okay, find out cool. a lot of stuff. Uh, that we'll talk the about legend it. was real. And as on the, did you hear Jason Minnick's voice? I did. I you did. did. <laughs> he, I, I texted him about him. I'm like, hey man, rock star. Uh, and I was hoping that he got credited with IMDb and maybe got a little scratch. You know, a little something. Oh something. yeah, he should be getting uh, Netflix checks. And well, now they no, might be two dollars every three months. Well the problem is when you do the play by play like that, his rights are actually owned by Time Warner. Oh. You don't get you, you yeah. Damn. So sounds, sounds like a music contract. Yeah, one of those kind of deals. But because he, he was doing the broadcast for Time Warner, I guess cable or whatever they were in two thousand eight. Well it was radio though, right? Yeah it was well remember, was it radio or was it the T V? I, I don't know. I haven't I haven't got to see the whole thing. Oh, well, no, they don't really show him. They just kind of, it's, it's it. like in a montage as they're talking about Johnny, and then you hear the background Jason Minix and, you know, talking about, and it's actually two cuts. Yeah, it was twice. But I had texted him. I said, you know, hey, rock star. And he said, you know, the, the funny thing is, the, my best call for Johnny, because he had done his his senior year like he did three or four games. They yeah. didn't even use. So the best call I had, his best play as a high school guy was against Madison. And he goes, they didn't use that one, but they used something yeah. where he, Said, oh, that wonderful Johnny. But Andrew Monaco is going to join us today. 7.30, Andrew Monaco, the voice of the Fighting Texas Aggies, will join us on the heels of uh, the release of the Johnny Football uh, Netflix behind the scenes. Which It's, it's an Aggie day because I think the Blitz has Billy Lucci. Yeah, and then we're going to follow this up with Billy Lucci, who plays a prominent role in the Johnny Manziel I mean, it's not I got a documentary, but it's not a biography. I no. mean, there's a lot more chapters to be written. But I I got a chance to watch it yesterday. And as an Aggie, you know, boy, it certainly rekindled some of those years. I'll tell you what, you, you forget what he meant to us. They told yeah. us, and they did a good job of telling us. Well, you know, made y'all a lot of money. Very much. Made y'all a lot and, of money. And uh, I mean, I'm not giving anything away, but the um, – you can give it away. No, I mean what I'm saying. What, what the takeaway from me from this was watching it was just the remarkable irony 
of the situation. Two thing, two takeaways. He said it. Uh, by the time he was, you know, the, his two years at A and M were done. He was he was bigger than College Station, and it was time for him to go. He said it, and he was right. Um, but the dealing with the cash, the thirty thousand dollar weekends where he was flying to do autographs and the, all the uh, all the lies and hiding something that now is perfectly legal. I mean, yeah. there's I would nobody would have a single problem if Frank Harris jumped on a private jet and flew out to the Fontainebleau and signed 500 footballs. We would say we would applaud him. Congratulations, young man. Today, a decade ago, we villainized this cat. He would have made a couple million if it, if NIO was available during Johnny's tenure on the Aggies campus. He would have made a couple million. So he lost a couple of million. Oh, to be honest, minimum couple million. Yeah. A great story. I, yeah. I highly recommend it, whether you're an Aggie fan or not. It really is one of those uh, Phoenix kind of stories. We'll see if he can rise yet again from oh. the ashes. 830 area coach chiming in early. We can safely say Taco over TJ was the wrong move. Yes. <laughs> there is I mean, no. Can, are we ever going to let that? When are we going to bury that? Yes, TJ Watt would have been a better selection than Taco Charlton. I mean, TJ and uh, Micah? Lord. It would have been uh, well. I, you know what my guess is, and here's the, the the honest truth is, if we had TJ, I'm not sure Micah gets drafted. So we can look at it that way as True. well. Because at the end of the day, that 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 position would have already been filled by the best defensive player in the league at that point when they drafted Micah. Wasn't he just coming off the defensive player of the year? No, he wasn't. He was a no. young cat. And not only that, I think Micah still gets drafted. Micah was drafted as a linebacker. He turned into a D. I'm glad you brought up Micah because, man, what a great interview he had. He sat in with the dudes from the pivot. And and you remember there was a time when I was growing up, there are certain interviewers that you knew when they got the interview, you were going to get it. You were going to get the truth. Yeah. Like Barbara Walters. When you sat down with Barbara Walters, the truth was coming Mm -hmm. and somebody was going to cry. You know, you just knew that uh, David Frost, there was another guy who was well-regarded, that, you know, he sat down, here comes the truth. Right. You're getting the sense that this Pivot podcast, whatever they're doing. <laughs> the, yeah, I don't, yeah, it's great. They get great a, guests, and they got great questions. Shannon Crowder and Fred Taylor, and, of course, the great Ryan Clark. They got a lot out of Micah. They really did. You're going to enjoy it. You're really going to enjoy it. In fact, that's coming up next. But you know what's even more important? Today is a hot ticket Thursday. Who we have today? What band do we have that I've never heard of today? We've got a few for you today. All right. What do we got? Hot ticket Thursday. Hot I'll get ticket your phone. Thursday. So have remember today, ready. on the 20s, so we're 10 minutes away. Okay. On the 20s, whenever we are speaking, like from San Antonio, so if it's us or the Blitz on, on the 20s, we're giving away tickets. That's what we do on Thursdays. That's why we called it Hot Ticket Thursday. We're, we're you know, we're hot We're ticket. pretty creative around here. Uh, at 6.20, we have uh, God Smack and Stained. That's the name of two of my underwears. Uh, they're coming to Germania Insurance Amphitheater on August the 31st. I've been there. Um, heard to be the one. Have you? Neither band. No. I've heard of God Smack. I have. This is, I've heard this of God is Smack. a crazy name. Uh, at 7.20, we've got Three Doors Down. I've heard of them. Uh, with Candlebox. Now, Candlebox got a San Antonio connection. No, nah, I don't know Candlebox. Uh, Jason Menix is good friends with a member of the Candlebox band. Of course So he I is. have a feeling if you win these tickets at uh, 720, you might be able to thumb a ride up to uh, Austin with uh, Jason Menix in his uh, luxury yacht, his uh, big old fast car. Uh, they'll be playing uh, September the 20th at the Moody Amphitheater. I'm tired of sending people up to Austin. It, we man. need to have them come down here. You know, for a while there. In like 2021 into 22, everybody's coming to us. 
I think we've gotten. A, we still get more it than we used. We get more than we used to. And that, uh, the Moody must be really nice, by the way. Anyway, the Moody and the uh, Germania is nice. Which one did we go see? Uh, um, what was the name of the band? The country band. Your country, the the, the concert you and I and Anna went to. Oh, oh, that was a that was the one that used to be um, Verizon Amphitheater, but it now it's something now? else. And who did we see? Was it Zach Brown? No, Zach Brown. That's yeah, Zach one. Brown. He was good. It was fun, but uh, and that's as nice as the Germania. Yeah, it is. I think uh, we that, could use one more outdoor theater. And if you're a missions fan, you want to go enjoy a two dollar Tuesday kind of an evening, and you know what that means. Uh, that we will have those tickets at eight o'clock, but only at eight. I'll be giving away a family four-pack of tickets to go see the San Antonio Missions take on the Midland Rockhounds Tuesday, August the 15th. So here's the order of our day's entertainment. Please mark your calendar. And remember, this is an exhibition, not a competition. Please, no wagering. All right. Uh, We'll be getting going with Micah. He's coming around the corner. He's going to tell us all about the inside workings of Micah Parsons. And this historic defense has taken on a life of its own. Here we go, man. We, I yeah, cannot you know what? wait to talk Dude, about this. Yeah. Because nothing stirs the ire of any non-Cowboy fan that when Cowboy fans start saying <laughs> stuff like this, this exactly. is the kind of stuff that really pisses off everybody else in the NFL. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. They do have a potentially legendary defense. Wow. We're going to hear from Micah. He's going to tell us what he thinks, and I trust number 11. I don't like that number. 11? Actually, it's my birthday, so yeah, I do. I love 11. 11. Uh, my uh, son wore 11, and you know the weird thing is, I'm not, you know, he's. I named him Clay Thompson before there was a Clay Thompson. Are you sure? I'm positive. He might check the, check the birth certificates. Okay. Clay was only, Clay Thompson was only like three four when i named my son and then mine's a family name but my poor son clay thompson actually did wear 11 so he did kind of abscond with a number it's like you know <laughs> if your name michael jordan you go you know what i'm just gonna wear 23 because you know why not i would too i've ever told this story about uh, a basketball team that i was on that we would take up the jerseys at the end of every game yeah. and well, one I guy on our team smart. well no at the, one guy on our team one game went off for like 50 and then we took up the jerseys, and we went to the next game. I was playing in the San Antonio Pro-Am. And then I handed out the jerseys again, and my oh, brother yeah, got did. the jersey of the dude that got 50. And we were playing on a team with Johnny Moore and Obi and all these former NBA types. Uh-huh. And they completely destroyed my brother because they thought he was the one that had gotten 50 because the of game the number. before. Yeah, like, like number such and such and is you their know, player. They yeah. walked out of the court and they looked over at my brother and his big-ass knee brace and go, that dude? Yeah, they were like, oh, they, I think we got the scouting report wrong. <laughs> they Sorry, realized Jason. rather quickly. <laughs> Sorry, Jason. <laughs> First time out, Jason comes to the sideline like, holy crap, Johnny Moore's pissed. Yeah, why are they guarding me this way? <laughs> That's hey, hilarious. We're, gonna, we're coming back with a full menu of your sporting fun. We'll talk Cowboys all day long. Lots of NFL gumbo. We got Texans tonight. We got Vikings in Seattle. Settle down, football fan. The day is just beginning. We'll be right back. This is R&R. You're on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It's Hot Ticket Thursday. Be the ninth caller at 210-656-ESPN. And you could be on your way. The hottest tickets to the hottest events. Ninth caller wins. Don't think those stars
and uh, who is this, Edwin? Godsmack. Godsmack. Are you feeling smacked right now? This is R and R in the morning. This is not I, what I thought it was going to be. I didn't have. I haven't heard this one. I, the last week when we gave away Godsmack, I heard the song yeah. that Edwin played. I've never heard this one. Not what I thought it was. Under the Scars is the, under the song s- name. Under the Stars? Scars. Scar. Under the Scars. Yeah. There's this. Anybody who has seen... Um, oh, get on the phone. Uh, you heard the sounder. You heard it. Get yourself some tickets. There's a li- Have you ever seen the movie uh, Spinal Tap? Mm, if I have, I don't remember. You haven't. Okay. It's a, it's a, well, I say that, but anybody who has knows. It's this underground movie. It's about 40 years old about a fake band and there's this one of the leads one of the members of the band sits down at a piano and plays this beautiful melody just you'd think it was a symphonic melody this this rock singer plays it and the guy goes hey that's really beautiful uh what's the name of that song and he turns he says uh lick my love pump what and you're like what that's that's this what this this was this i figured I'm like, uh, I'll bypass, but okay. Okay, that's an interesting name, Godsmack. Micah Parsons is eager to Godsmack the offenses. That's a terrible transition. I'm sorry. It's early. I'm going to get better. It was good. I'll improve. You know, caffeine will kick in. But Rudy and I talked in the intro about Micah Parsons and the potential, the potential, the possibility, the whiff of legendary is in the the air. It's in the air. There in Oxnard that... We should be looking at this Cowboy offense on uh, Monday with three interceptions. This is not an indictment on Dak. This is just a defense that has taken the ball away from the best offense in football for the last couple of years. Maybe that's the way we should be looking at it. Micah says this is a historically good defense. I'm trying to be on that Ray Lewis defense. I'm trying to hold teams to under 10 points. They don't score 10 points we win the game. So I take accountability. Adversity happens, you know, that's part of the game. But we got whole teams under 10 points. I ain't worried about, I can't, see, media high side, we call it, say, oh, well, the offense didn't score, that's why we lost, but well, we let them score 19 points. Where's our accountability? Regardless of how good we played, but we didn't play great. I think there was another level that we could have tapped in. We missed interceptions. We missed opportunities to get the ball back to our offense. And something they probably could have capitalized on. So I don't, I don't blame nobody. Micah Parsons. Um, that that's a pretty high standard. When, <laughs> that's a pretty high standard when you talk, when you talk about the Ravens, because I went, you know, after the show yesterday, you're like, well, maybe we should look back at those Ravens defenses, and I so I said, you know what, I will. <laughs> and, um, and did it show us anything? Um, so let me let me let y'all in on what Micah is actually asking them to do. Only three games. 15, they played 16 at the time. Four. In 20 games, only three times did they give up 20 or more. Oh, my God. Okay. 20 or more just three right. times. All right. They had four shutouts. Four. That's four. I'm, Well, I'm out. That's not going to Four shutouts. Happen. Then 12 games that they only gave up 10 or less. And in their four playoff games, they never gave up more than 10. So four shutouts, 12, 10 or less, and in the playoffs – Never gave up more than 10, and that's including the Super Bowl where they held the Giants to only seven. And Joe Flacco got the race. Now, look, look <laughs> now this is the thing, though. This is the thing. In today's NFL, that's impossible. So 
That's impossible to do. It's impossible just the way the game is set up. The way the game is set up, the game is set up for so, you to score more points. Now he You're said, not going to have four shutouts. Well, yeah, but he said 10 and under. What's the new 10 and under? If you it's got to be 20. Is it 20? I, I'll buy that. But the thing about yeah. it is, though, he just said 19 was too much. I don't know, man. I appreciate you, but 19, that's a yeah, pretty low ball number. Because I think a better, a better bar is the 15 Broncos and the 14 Seahawks. Because I feel like, yeah, I got those. I got that right there. Uh, I think a better bar, Rob, is those teams because those were dominant, dominant defenses. There was the no-fly zone and there was the Legion of Boom. But both of those teams, you know, teams scored on them. Teams scored on those Broncos teams. And 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 it, you may not realize it, but teams scored on that Legion of Boom. Legion of Boom did have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six games. Seven, yeah, six games where... They held teams to ten or less, but there's. I'm looking at this schedule. Even in the Super Bowl, you know the the opponent they got they got scored on. They got scored on. They so did. I there. I see a thirty point game they gave up. I see twenty. I see thirty. I see twenty eight. I see twenty four. I see twenty four. So, but they that was still a dominant defense by today's standards. I mean, you go. You could look back at the Bears. It's just. It's just two different games. When you talk about the 2000 Ravens, because under no circumstance in today's NFL is it feasibly possible for you to hold to have four shutouts and 12 games where you hold teams to 10 or less. Now, look, setting lofty goals is a great thing, but I don't think the 2000 Ravens, I know why he said them as Ray Lewis, as Ed Reed, they were dogs. (laughs) I get it. But no, I don't know. You know what? On 2000, Ed wasn't there. Ed wasn't there yet. Ed wasn't on that team. That was Rod Woodson and uh, Goose. Oh, yeah. Ed Reed came along later. Ed was there for that Joe Flacco Super Bowl, but Ed wasn't even on that team yet, and they were still fantastic. So that's a lofty goal. And, again, I don't think the, 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 the debate is, and, you know, Jason Minnix has a TikTok that's going crazy, and he said this can be a historical defense. I don't know about that. Uh, and when you look at the teams that they play, that that's going to have a lot to do with it. Who led the league in points per game last year? It was San Francisco. They held teams to 22. The Jets held teams to 17. Dallas held teams to, oh, no, no, okay. Yeah, 17 for the San Francisco 49ers. Is that right? Yes. That's great. It's not historic. We're not going to look back on that San Francisco team. The only way you, first of all, you got to win it all. To, to, to jump into the his, legendary, your team has to win it all, and they have to overcome bad play from the other side of the ball. We would have called that Philadelphia defense legendary last year if they'd have won it all. If they would have won it that, all. With all the sacks on that front line. Didn't every starting four of the starting four, four of them had, all had double sacks. digits? Yeah. So. Philly held teams to 20 points. Dallas held teams to 20 points. But I think that's the bar. If you can get around 17 could this could this defense do the same thing in the AFC? Mm, no. So there's another reason to say it's not historically. It's no, the bar is kind of low over there in the NFC. There's only three good teams. Now, of course, somebody's going to jump off the screen next year. They always do. Somebody will come out of nowhere and be like, oh, damn, we had no idea they were going to be this good. But right now it's Dallas, San Francisco, Philly. Though That's the bar in the NFC. Well, Micah says this defense is the best in the NFC. People don't understand experience is a gift. I even told RC this Super Bowl time. I said the Eagles is the most talented team, but I'll never go against experience. So I'll go with Mahomes. I'll never say Mahomes is going to lose. I remember I told you that. And no, everyone said, you really going against the Eagles? I said, bro, 
I'm not, I hope the Eagles win. I don't care. You know, I got great friends on the Eagles. But I said, I'll never go against experience because experience is a gift. And that's one thing we have. This is a team that played together. Our defense didn't break up. Our defense is still the same defense. And we only got better and learned how to communicate better. We learned how to play together better. We understand what we like. We got people that's interchangeable. I'm coming off the ball. Layton's coming on the ball. Like Everyone is learning a new role and how to fixate to become a better one. So, like, it's okay. Like, you could bring guys in, but guys don't know how to work with each other all the way right now. It's like drafting a wide receiver. You got to build chemistry with the quarterback. Know where you want the ball, where the ball's being thrown. Like, you know, same thing with rushing. Rushing is a gift, bro. Like, you don't just hop on the field and just sack the quarterback. You got to learn how to rush with the team, everyone Mm. around you. Like, this ain't one-on-one sport. Micah Parsons on the pivot yesterday. Yeah, experience. What are we talking about when we say experience? Are we just saying just you? Because by Micah's definition, it's – well, we've been playing together for a while. When I think experience, I think of you down 20 to 10 in a huge game, in an NFC championship game, in a divisional round, and you come back and you win that game. That's the experience that I, when I think of experience, that's what I think of. Yes. Is there something to be said, especially in today's NFL, when you can keep a pretty much a defense together? Absolutely. But when I'm, when I, when he says I'm taking, you know, the Chiefs, I'm thinking, yeah, because they've been in five AFC championship games. This is their third Super Bowl. That's experience to me. Like, you know, we've said it about Denver, the Nuggets who just won it all. Hey, man, you know, they got to the Western Conference Finals in 2020. Now they're back. They have that experience. They have the same team. I'm not talking about just a bunch of guys that have been playing together a while. You can play together for a while and still not be legendary. I just don't like the legendary word. Well, I'm not going with legendary. I'm not. They could be really, really good, but... Minix and every and Micah, y'all are crazy if y'all think this is going to be a legendary defense. Because to be a legendary defense, you're going to have to overcome whatever Dak does wrong. Wow! And then you're going to have to win the whole thing. You can't be like San Francisco. They held teams to 17 points. We're not going to be talking about that defense in 2028. I think we could. What, what, I we're do. Gonna, we're going to look back to the 2022 49ers and be like, man, that 2022 49ers defense was good. No, I'm talking about this Dallas Cowboy defense this year. If I they do win think, it all. I, I, yeah, they're going to have to win, win it all. they to win the Super Bowl. Well, no, I will say. And no, you're not taking no, them to win the Super Bowl. I will say, just like you thought to Denver, I think as you continue to say, and I agree with you, this is a February football team. I think so. With that in mind, I am willing to forgive all sins if you make it to the NFC Championship game. I'm going to be pissed if you lose, but at least you got better. No, I'll, I'm saying this today. Please don't save it. Because in January, <laughs> it, when they lose the NFC Championship game, I'm going to be screaming about firing and trading and cutting and doing. But right now, I'm willing to allow for continued incremental growth. We're going to see, Rob. I'm not, I'm not going. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm planting my flag. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> you know, that was the word of the day yesterday. I'm planting my flag. Really, really good defense. Will not be legendary. Now, let me ask you before, as we go to go to break, is really, really good enough? Enough. Yes. How much is enough? How much? It, let's say Dak throws, and I don't know how to say this, but let's just say this offense doesn't live up, and more games than not need to be won or at least held on to by the defense. It's man, you know what, Rob? Because that's where I'm thinking we're going. You got to take. You got to take. Dak has to take the Trent Dilfer approach. Trent Dilfer on that Ravens team, Boom. 1,500 yards passing, 12 TDs, 11 INTs. Now, he split it. Tony Banks got hurt that year. So those two combined. Touchdown, Tony. Yeah, those two combined only threw for 3,000 yards and 20 touchdowns. 3,000 yards and 20 touchdowns. 
That's it. And they won the whole thing. So if you can overcome a true game manager, which it seems like what Dallas is trying to turn Dak into, yeah, then that can make you legendary. When your quarterback is doing the bare minimum <laughs> and you're still winning games and you're not giving up over 10 points and you win the Super Bowl, yeah. There you go. And, you know, the defensive player of the yeah. year is the MVP and all that kind of stuff. Tonight we got football, baby. Yes, it's an interesting couple of games. We get the up-and-comers, the Houston and the Patriots, just find, trying to find their way into the playoffs, and the Vikings in Seattle trying to find their way further into the playoffs. We're talking what we get to see tonight and what to look forward to. This is R&R. We got football coming. Hang around. We'll be right back here on 94.1 San Antonio's Sports Star. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning to you. Top of the morning to all. This is R&R here on San Antonio Sports Star. Thank you so much for joining us today. Now we're giving you an assignment. Go on whatever device is closest to you, to your YouTube, and then type in San Antonio Sports Star, and then subscribe. Comment, like, subscribe. All of that. You get to see Sarday. Kind of. There you go. She looks good. She looks fantastic. We happy, got football. Happy football day, James Pledger. I'm glad you said happy football. I'll, that, that's what I'm, I'll never forget. I was at a uh, Super Bowl party outside of Tampa mm-hmm. way back when, and the Fugees were playing. And they were really. Oh, this was then, not now. And uh, no, it's Black Eyed Peas. Sorry, Black Eyed Peas oh, okay. jamming. Black Eyed Peas jamming. Black jamming. That changed going, the dynamic. Yeah, for me. very much, very much. Uh. <laughs> and uh, at the end of their song, the lead singer dude screamed, "Happy football!" And I thought. You have no idea what we're doing here. You don't. <laughs> you might know. Happy football. <laughs> you have no idea why you're here. Yeah. Not that I expected you to, but uh, happy football. Um, but this is a little new sidebar before we talk about tonight. Did you know? In just a matter of time, by this time next year, your uh, new sports book could very well be Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse could be your book. ESPN's getting into the gambling business. They're going to open up their really? own. Uh, website like FanDuel. Forget advertising for those guys. Let's do it ourselves. And that, that to me, if I'm FanDuel and DraftKings, I'm worried. And I, uh-huh. I, and I start searching for new sponsors because if I have my own book, I ain't, I'm not. Why am I advertising I'm you? I'm not dealing with y'all. Well, ESPN is a part of the parent company owned by Disney. Bob Iger announced yesterday they bought this book from. Uh, Pin something. They're going to turn this into ESPN bet. At the same time, uh, Dave Portnor got his barstool back. He got to buy back the company that he sold some time back. So there's that's a little ripple in the media world. That's that says a, Rob being big time, letting you know he knows these people. You see how he is, San Antonio? I don't know Dave Portnor. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, I wish I did. Him. I wish I did. Um, Are you um, truly, genuinely excited for tonight? Yeah, it's football. I'll be excited until the. I want to uh, see CJ Stroud. I yeah. am excited for CJ Stroud because I'm I'm on the fence, yes. and you cannot trust a man on the fence. Like I don't, I don't know, what? I don't know what's going to happen because I mean, again, he's he's down a couple offensive linemen. Now, according to the Texan fan of this station, them losing their center meant nothing. They drafted a center in the second round, and that's who they wanted anyway. But that's a Texan like his Texans hanging. That's a half. His Texan is hanging. I enjoy it. But you know, you're also without the guy that's been out four to six weeks. He just gave fifty six million. Um, I'm worried about the kid. I'm worried about Anthony Richardson. I'm worried about Bryce. 
Justin Fields, all these young guys, because you can end up being Zach Wilson. You can get taken second overall, and then they go get a 50-year-old to replace you after two years. It's a, it fell fast. A lot of teams have taken on the Rob Thompson thing, and it says, hey, we're going to fail fast. Zach, you don't look like you're him. You're gone. We'll go trade the farm for Aaron Rodgers. Now, what do you think, though? In your heart of hearts, what do you think? CJ's About CJ? Be? Yeah. This is the thing. We can't praise the Eagles for taking every Georgia player. I'm like, oh, my God, look, look, look. And then not on the same token say, CJ carved them up. He did. All those Georgia players we talking about that we're just so high on. Well, oh, man, oh, my God, Philly, how do we let this He carved them up until Marvin Harrison Jr. got concussed. If Marvin Harrison Jr. doesn't get concussed, I don't know if Georgia goes back to back. So I believe I, I'm, I'm, I have one leg over on the CJ side of the fence. I'm still on the fence, but I have one leg over thinking that CJ is going to be the truth because they've surrounded him with weapons, Chicago Bears. There's a thing. If you take a guy second overall, you might not want to wait two years to get him weapons. Go get him a tight end. You know what I'm saying? Maybe a running back, you know. Four quarterbacks, four different teams, and really two different threads here. Because okay. Houston and New England, they're both trying to find their way. Mac Jones, is he or isn't he? Is he or isn't he with Belichick? You know, they're in a really interesting point there in New England. And you know, Houston is, I hate to say it, but uh, trust the process. <laughs> you know, if they have a lousy year, that's fine. You're not supposed to be well, in the playoffs this year. Who's who's going to be buying lunch, Rob? Me or Pledge? We got a six game is the over-under. I'm taking the under. No, you win. He's buying you lunch. You don't think they win more than six games? No, no, no. And and it's not a that's not a bad thing. No, right? this isn't an indictment. You got a bunch of kids running around over there. Now there's some young talent enough to and get, there's some vets. Now they're going to scare some teams. They're going to be competitive. Right. But to ask more to to win seven games, this team. Let me see. They got ooh Ravens, Colts, Jags, Pittsburgh. It's not a. It's not an extremely tough schedule. No, they got a loser they schedule. Got, they got a. They got a number two overall and, pick schedule. And let me tell you, you want a loser schedule next year when you are better. You want to play that last place schedule when suddenly CJ's in his second year and things have slowed down. When suddenly you got a full and functional offensive line that's been together for a year and this defense is even better. I think Man. you're playing for next year. I think they got a Micah. Oh. I think Will is going to be TJ. I think he's going to be Nick. I think he's going to be Micah. I think they have their oh, guy. Yeah, I, I think so. they have their guy. So now, will now look? It was it was <laughs> it was some suspect games last year. The Texas one stands out. I pull it up, Edwin. I want to say Will Anderson had eight penalties versus Texas. He didn't, and a lot that. of people started to feel like Will went through the motions last year to keep himself healthy. But we he know he did a Jadavion Clowney. Remember Clowney's last year in South Carolina. He was planning not to get hurt, and we could see it. Let's hope this doesn't turn that way. But uh, we know how good he is. And we get, he's got a coach in D'Amico Ryans that knows exactly what it takes to be the, uh, the Nick Bosa. That kind of thing. Now, that's one thread. The Vikings and Seattle are an entirely different thread. These are playoff teams. They're both playoff teams, and they're both going to moonwalk. Ooh. Even after watching the quarterback and how much we love Kirk and the good man that he is and all the things that he's done, yeah, they're going to moonwalk. Them, Vikings will have a worse season than last year. They're not going to go twelve and five or thirteen and four, whatever they were. Seattle, 
that offense was good. K nine was good. Yeah, the K nine was good. DK that maybe Seattle stays on that path and they sneak into the playoffs. Maybe. Why, why can't I get over the Geno thing? I don't why know. can't I get over because, it? He proved me wrong. Yeah, he did. He proved a lot of us wrong. We'll be right back. This is R and R. You're on ninety four one San Antonio. <laughs> San Antonio. Why do that right now? We are yeah. on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Talk. Good morning, everybody. Coming up later on The Blitz, we're going to talk Houston Texans football. Why? Well, they got a preseason game tonight against the New England Patriots. The great John McClain will join us at 515. We'll have the latest on Dallas Cowboys training camp as well. Rob, you taking the over or the under in tonight's Texans game? I'm taking the under two minutes watched. <laughs> over under only Joe would even know the over under on a preseason game there's always money in Hawaii if he loses tonight the uh, Andrew Monaco is going to come and join us in about 30 minutes the next hour is going to be dedicated you're supposed to say chock full chock full of that's, Aggie goodness that's radio um, cliche I got a chance to watch the Johnny football uh, documentary. We'll talk about that. Yes, they were coming back yeah. looking at that. And there's some interesting developments in the world of the NIL. The IRS has informed these NIL collectives Ooh. that these donations that up until now have been tax deductible may soon be taxable. The repercussions of that next. This is R and R. You're on ninety four one San Antonio Sports Star. I got. I want It's O six hundred. What's the O stand for? Oh my God! It's early. Wake me up. Wake me up. Rob Thompson. You don't believe the other way in transition to the top. Oh, oh, oh. I want some nasty. Rudy J. Cowboys win. How else would you settle this game? How about this, Cowboys? Yeah. Each day as if it were on purpose. I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. Yep, you hear that? It's time to rise and shine. He's Rudy, I'm Rob. There's the R's, easy E, taking us till 10. And we got a busy hour coming your direction. Andrew Monaco will arrive just a little after 7.30, 7.35. The voice of the fight in Texas Aggies. Them Aggies is practicing up there in College Station, getting ready for a uh, rebound season, many Aggies would hope. We'll talk a lot about it this hour. Um. We had another no-no last night. Yeah, we did. Mike Lorenzen with Philly, fourth no-no of the year. Now, this is the fun fact. That's the 11th no-hitter by a guy wearing number 22. It's a good number. So if you're a pitcher, <laughs> it's a no-brainer that you uh, you wear number 22. 11? Well, that's a, the number like, like those numbers, like 22, 33, Six, whatever our favorite, 23. The good guys always always get those numbers. Is, so that a good, is 22 a good number? I think 22 is a good number. Other than Emmett, I don't know a 22. Mercury Morris or 22. What? You talking about the Dolphins, dude? I'm just saying. I'm coming up with 22s. <laughs> okay. Give me these pictures, these famous 22s. The best athletes who wore number 22. Of course, Emmett. Ricky. Ricky Henderson, but which team? Clyde. Clyde to Glide, okay. Elgin. I'm looking for the baseball player. Who is that? Clayton. Clayton, okay. Clayton Kershaw. Fo, 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 Moses Malone. I didn't know he was. Oh, wait, go down. Mike Schmidt, solid. Bob Hayes, damn it, Rudy. Come on. 
Yeah, I'm kind of ashamed. Roger Clemens. Gaylord Perry. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So this That's is some junk. Who was that? Brett Hole. Nice. Who was that? Let's go back to the bike. Paul Krause. Oh, yeah. Paul Krause. Okay. Who was that? Andrew McCutcheon. This is see, it studs. Bernard King and buckets. Robinson could know you rob Seattle, bro. Larry Nance. Who's better, him or his son? Stop. His dad. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. Bro Gamer123, let's talk Wimby. Jerry West talked Wimby on Rich Eisen Show. Had some really nice things to say about Wimby. He did. Really nice things about Jerry West. Yeah, you're right. We could talk Wimby, but where, I, where is he? Where is Wimby? Can we? Is that a segment? He's uh, Hopefully he is stretching. W-I-W, where is Wimby? Walking around barefooted, doing weird stretching exercises. I'm sure he's doing so, somewhere doing some work. But Jerry West thinks he's gonna he's even better off the court than he is on. Jerry West said he's really nice with a microphone. Yeah, that I'm like, I don't, bulldog, I don't want that. Yeah, I didn't feed the bulldog. What are you talking about? <laughs> and the man can sing. Have you ever heard him sing? Yeah. He's gonna be so much more than a basketball player. Well, Jerry, we need basketball yeah, players. I kind of want some hoops. I, I got a question for you. What's up? Do you agree? That a donation mm. to a school-sponsored, a university-sponsored collective that you know the money that you are writing, the check that you are writing, will be going directly into the players' hands of the university that you have donated the money. Do you agree that it should be tax-deductible like it was a donation to a church or any charity that you can name? Yes. You believe it should be tax-deductible? Yes, because that's where we are now. Because I, I feel like if we if we really took the time to dig into all the things that are tax deductible, the fact that we're making a big deal of it because it's going to college uh, athletes is a little bit silly, especially when you bring up the c word. I mean, when we're talking about church. I mean, I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole. But um, yeah, I think it should be tax deductible. There's a, there's 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 so many things that are tax deductible. Why would I be why would I be worried about this one? Well, normally it's tax deductible because it goes toward the betterment of humanity. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're you're no, trying. That's why, that's you're why trying I didn't to want make to get, a difference. See, that's why I didn't want to go down the church rabbit hole. Well, or because, anything you can. I mean, right. a, a check to your Wherever. local whatever you're. You know, like to, or like my lupus foundation. To the lupus foundation, you want to make it easy to give. You wanted to make it beneficial to not only the receiver but the giver to enforce okay. or encourage more money. Okay, this is what I'll say. This is how I answer it. Maybe it shouldn't be tax deductible, but I don't want to be taxed on it. <laughs> like I just wanted just to go. Just an even. Yeah, just let's just, let's just call, let's just shake hands, Uncle Sam. You don't take nothing from me, and I won't try to take nothing, and I won't try to. You know, what I mean, like let's, I got let's you. even. Well, the IRS. So what, is has, I, what did Uncle Sam be, say? Because of the explosion of these NILs and every school—I mean NILs—these collectives. Mm-hmm. Uh, the IRS, of course, is was sniffing around, and they have sent a letter uh, saying that these kind of donations are imminently going to be taxed. Now, it hasn't <sighs> happened yet, but here we sit. So the ramifications of this immediately for Aggie fans is there was this new thing formed back in February called the Twelfth Man Plus, Twelve Plus, and it was designed solely for us. Aggies to or anybody else who'd like to yeah. partake in the maroonness to donate money and uh, that money will go exclusively to athletes. Well, which uh, is a good thing. Yes, the uh, Aggies dropped that yesterday because what's the said, point? Yeah, I mean if I'm uh, Rudy J. Big Joe Oil King and I'm looking to you know let me let me scratch this two fifty off. It goes to the school and it's off it goes my bill. to kids. 
Well, it's yeah. still going to the kids, Rob. Ain't, ain't it about the kids? Well, like that the money's still ha- going to the kids, Rudy. It ain't drying up. This well is not drying up. What we have know done that. is turned off one of the pipes and moved it to another. So what A&M has closed this 12th man plus, but said, don't stop your checks. Just take the plus off and donate do it to 12th I, man where we're not going to exclusively be a collective most of the money. I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to dry up, Rob. No, it's not. But if I'm filthy rich and I, there's no benefit from it anymore. Yeah, because I want my team to be good, but I also like being able to write stuff off. So I don't think it's going to dry up, but it it, it, you may, it may a few maybe a few dollars short. Yeah, I, I think that's the big fear. Because I'm like, damn, I can't write off my two million dollar check anymore. So do we? I mean, in the broadest and this sense, is, we're talking about the uber rich anyway, yes. right? In the broadest sense, though, we kind of like college football this way. We do. Well, I know Radio Guy does. Whether No matter what side of the fence you're on, whether you're a Joe's rocking chair and you're like, why are we paying them? Or whether you're Rudy and Rob, like, man, why wouldn't they? It's, it, we like it. It's content. It's, it's arguing. It's water cooler. Yeah, and then we all know in some way, shape, or form they should be. I think most of us are down with it. We just think there needs to be a sheriff. But the thing about college football, more than the pros for most college fans, is I have – a direct effect. Me, fandom. Me, me as right. an Aggie. I can write a check that will help me go get a player. And I can decide as a fan, as a Texas A&M alum, I can go scout a dude and tell the coaches, if you'll bring that guy in, I'll give you a million dollars. See, Rob, I can play owner. But see, Rob, that's you're not supposed to say that out loud. But that's because, the truth. No, but I'm just saying that's the part that people don't. That's the part that's what had Nick Saban mad at Jimbo. Those dudes. Because he basically, Nick Saban accused Jimbo of telling Edwin Hafner, you come here, I'll find 150 grand a year for you, which is supposed to be illegal. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So don't say that out loud. But Nick Saban's going to get mad at you. you. All of us know those dudes that sit up on a high hill with a big cigar and a glass of bourbon and think about what else is left to conquer. You know, these rich guys that have made money doing this and right. have enough to do whatever. What else is left? I might not ever have enough to own the Dallas Cowboys, but I can play general manager. I can help go get talent. I can play a role in winning. Now, there's only a few of us that get to do that, right. but the collective allows me. I can play a role as and a having fan. a hand in the best recruiting class of all time that was me yes i can have a vested a monetary interest in developing a team it's like the green bay packers on steroids i get to own a piece of the aggies i donated to the collective right so i think that this collective thing has been part and parcel of college football forever this has been the story forever the rich alumni involved in going and getting the best players we love this it i think nil is going to take a big hit I'm, guys are still going to get paid, but a big part of this, yes, I, I agree with you, Rob. You want to be, those guys want to be able to walk into Jimbo's office or Jimbo's dinner and be like, hey, I'm this and that. And you want that. Oh, like they want that. Yeah. But at the same time, it's still big boy money and big boy money where they want big boy write offs. And I think this does change the game a little bit. And now this may be the help that some of these coaches have been asking for. Some of these coaches have been asked for, okay, federal government, somebody step in and help regulate this. Some of this may this may help if you now that we're going to be getting taxed on it on these collectives. I don't know how many teams actually have collectives, especially the size of the twelfth man plus like ESPN plus. But I think this I think it may take a big hit, Rob. This is a big deal. Uh, what did we say yesterday about? What did we uh, say? 
What are the scariest words in the world? The most terrifying words in the English language. What is it? I'm the government and I'm here to help. Oh, yeah. We don't want the government snooping around. I mean, so to tax is to regulate. That's what it is. If you want to control something, tax it. And if we don't want that as college football fans. Stop asking for the government. Stop asking for this. But I've heard damn near every commissioner ask for help. Because even Sankey, who were there, they're thriving in the SEC. He even said, hey, baby, we need a little bit of governmental help. Because it feels like in, in the parlance of there's a hurricane. And when there's a hurricane, you call in the National Guard. And right. I think there are some teams like Jeff Trailer who feel like they're in the middle of a hurricane. And they want to get the <laughs> National Guard come in just to get the looting off the streets. And then let's figure out how we right. come back. We can fix that without the federal government walking in. But remember, if you let them in, they ain't leaving. And not only that, if you let them in, they want to see everything. Yes. Ask ask Roger Goodell. They asked for help, and the congressman said, okay, cool, but now let us know how many open investigations you have as far as your players gambling. And they were like, wait a minute, that ain't what we ask help with. They're not going to just come in and just help with the little piece you want. They want to see it all. And I don't think we want everybody to see we it all. We don't. This is college football at its most basic has a little bit of undercurrent of unsavory under the table dealing. It always has. The, the, the firebird that we bought Eric Dickerson that we A&M bought Eric Dickerson that he drove to SMU, which was 50 years ago. We still talk about it because it's part and parcel to the game. Yeah, it, it, the reason why this is big is because most of the time, like, yes, you're going to have your um, <coughs> Frank Harris's where they deal with Mark's outing or whatever, like true business, truly wanting, you know, to sponsor Frank Harris. Most of these guys are paid from the school's collective. Yes. That's where most of it comes from. And if that well starts to dry up, maybe the playing field evens out a bit. Now, there's going to be the, the, the workaround right now is. You donate to the twelfth man. Yeah, not how does to it the go? Plus, but in the twelfth man foundation has a variety of, of where the money goes. They funnel not it. just athletics. And the twelfth man foundation said, "Oh yeah, we'll still be involved in the NIL, but not on such a broad based scale, an individualized basis." Which means they won't have the NIL collective that pays every offensive lineman for UT fifty thousand dollars guaranteed. I mean, they won't have that specific. Which kind I still of collective. don't know how that's. I still don't know how that's not illegal. I know. But anyway, I'm, I'm all for it, of course. Go ahead, cheat, UT. You still right. ain't going to win. So, with, hey, evidently they have at least two offensive linemen in the NFL, so I've been told. That that kind of thing will go away. The money's still going to come in there. It's just a way that they're going to parse it. But you're right. It is going to dry up because I like the idea of knowing, yeah, I'll write a check, but you don't need to go put another couple books in the library with my money. I wanted to go. Oh yeah, I, I wanted to go to Mush Muhammad. I want I him to want, know yeah. that I sent the money to Mush. Yeah, I, I yes, I like you know. There's audio books. <laughs> I need my. I need if I if I had that type of money and I I was worried about my football team, I need to specifically know that mine went to the edge rusher from Alabama. That that's a five star. And I want to meet him. It's kind of like when you adopt an elephant in Africa. I gotta You're go. Gonna, I gotta I, go see Dumbo. I gotta go see him. I want to go feed Dumbo watermelon. I want to make sure they're taking care. What do of elephants them? eat? I don't know. Anything, anything they want, I guess. True. Watching the Manziel documentary, it just it it is so bothersome to watch that. But for one thing, it wasn't that long ago. It was. I mean, it's ten years well, ago. 
That's not long. And watching everything that Johnny went through for no reason. For, there should have been no reason this cat had to fly to the Fountain Blue and lie about signing all these autographs. Right. And, I mean, and then the legend that I did not know until last night was, in fact, just made up. That Johnny was not from oil money in East Texas. That was just an excuse given by his best friend to any press that would listen to explain why they were riding around in G5s and sitting in the first row of the NBA All-Star game and doing all the things that genius. they were doing. It was genius. We bought it. We bought it, and we enabled. And there was, there's a line in the documentary where Johnny says, you know, after my sophomore year, after my second year, I was bigger than College Station. I had to leave. And he's right. You know, there's true. no question about it. And as they described his exit in the background, as you know, the, the, the uh, narration goes, they show – a&M blowing up the football field and building the new one. They show A&M with the, uh, in the student union for the first time in the school's history selling a jersey without the number 12 on it, selling number two. And that to this day, there were only really two consistent jerseys sold, 12 and two. Now you'll get the players now that you didn't used to be able to buy player jerseys. It makes sense now, though. But with, with Johnny, that was the first. And the schools weren't ready. Nobody was ready for what he went through. I agree. And we villainized it. Not me. A 20-year-old kid. We villainized him. For taking some money. Oh, his name. My daddy gave me that name. He didn't act the way he was supposed to act. Bobby Petrino is now, it appears, ensconced as the offensive coordinator for the uh, uh, Texas Aggies and is going to call plays. Andrew Monaco is going to be here in about 15 minutes to talk about what's going on in practice. I had a chance to reach out to my veterinarian underground yesterday. Call one guy. He said, this is what I'm hearing, that Jimbo is happy with this arrangement, that in practices it appears Mm -hmm. that he is letting Bobby be Bobby, go call the offense, I'm just going to check in periodically. And by the people that are watching practice, it appears that Jimbo's enjoying this, that there's less responsibility. Now. And he's a little, yeah, maybe he's been told you enjoyed or else. But it does appear that this might be a little bit more cohesive than than I would have originally thought. Now. That's my point. Now, again, we see, we'll see how it goes when they're in dogfights and he hates the play call. Now, Andrew will join us in a couple minutes and he'll tell you, but a- as a fan, I will say this. Bobby Petrino, even though he had a Heisman Trophy winner in Lamar and Louisville, has never had the weapons he'll have. He's never had a receiving crew like he'll, he'll have at a even at Arkansas, when that offense put up big numbers. Uh, when he was at Louisville, he had a great quarterback. He never had the skill at wide receiver and at running back that he has right that's now. That's fair. And if that's all it takes, the talent on that side of the ball, we know he's an X's and O's guy. The idea of success might be a bit more imminent than a lot of people want to admit. And Ag- battered Aggie syndrome kind of hangs out out there for us Aggies. We <laughs> don't want to brag about anything. We're the opposite of Cowboy fan. Because you feel like I, I get that I'm the I'm the same way with the Chicago Bears. A lot of people, oh, y'all gonna be fine. I don't know about that. We'll see. Okay, but also, it's oh. hot ticket Thursday. Be the ninth caller at two one zero six five six ESPN, and you could be on your way. The hottest tickets to the hottest events. Ninth caller wins. Number nine. Yeah, number nine. Three doors down. We'll be with Candlebox at the Moody Amphitheater on September. Whatever, man. <laughs> hey, right. 
<laughs> Jason Manick's a good friend of a member of the Candlebox what is band. What's a Candlebox? I think it's what it says. I don't oh, know. It's a, it's a box. A, a box of candles? Okay, gotcha. I assume. Just making sure I, I There's all crazy. kinds of crazy code, code names out there, though. Fair. I was, in fact, earlier today, Rudy and I discovered what a couple of terms actually mean. <laughs> I ain't going there with you and damn Jimmy. You hang out with musicians, that's what happens. Hey, we got some more tickets to give away all day long. Just after the 8 o'clock hour, as we set head into the second half of the show, I got a family four-pack of tickets. We're going to give those away about 8.05. Then at 8.20, God smack and stained, we have more tickets to go see them at the Germania. So hang around, because today, like every Thursday, is hot ticket Thursday all day long. If we're talking, we're giving away live tickets. Andrew Monaco is just around the corner. We're going to look at a football season that is rife with peril, but great possibility as Bobby Petrino is taking over the play calling duties. And by some of the measures, Rudy, I'm telling you that there's the guys up there saying Jimbo has evidently just accepted this is it. I'm going to make the best of it. And, and I, I, I believe it. I believe it right now. So. When That's will be all the, I'm saying. When will be the nut cutting time for you? You three and two. Game on the line. You need to win the game to get to four and two because you're about to hit the meat and potatoes of the SEC schedule. And Bobby calls a play that makes Jimbo lose his mind. And then they have a disagreement when the film session. And then things maybe get a little bit rocky. I do feel like Jimbo's comfortable in his own skin. Again, we see Nick has done a masterful job of bringing in former head coaches. And just letting them do their thing. But the thing is, Nick's a defensive guy. Most of the former head coaches that Nick brings in, <laughs> they ain't messing with his defense. Truth. When you think about Lane Kiffin, you think about Bill O'Brien, you think about Steve Sarkeesian, it's easier for Nick just to be like, Hey man, do your thing. I'll see you, I'll see you on, you know, Monday when we're at the film session. Jimbo is a little bit different that we saw this with Mike McCarthy. Like, yeah, hey, okay, I'm gonna let you do your thing, but after two seasons of me feeling like you call play here, play there wrong, and we should have been doing this, we should have been doing that, it could kind of weigh on you considering he's bringing in a guy that is brought in to do what you do. That's the difference. Again, right now I think it's all fine and well. Until you get in the meat of things and you're losing games that you feel like you would have won if you would have called this or you would have called that and you would have done this differently. That's when things get a little shaky. I think this allows – and this is a great point, by the way, about Saban, who put his ego aside and went and got guys that were going to help. And helped them, too. And Nick is in the same position that Saban was the first time that Saban brought in. Now, Bobby Petrino is not a consultant. He is a paid offensive coordinator. But and Saban brings in these formerly fired coaches who are still He's getting paid Gary by their other team. He's not Gary Pass. Yeah. <laughs> He's a but, real coach. Yeah, he is actually getting paid by right. whoever. But, he, you know, Saban, over the last decade, Brings in these offensive guys that have been recently fired. Sark being the most notable. It's now rehab. It's, it's former head coach rehab. And, you know, Saban, you know, benefited by this and was never belittled by it. He never, he, I don't think Saban ever felt threatened. No, he reached out to them. Yeah, that he brought in he the former head coach. He wasn't forced to do it. Jimbo was forced to do this, Rob. But if Jimbo can swallow his pride and become the kind of coach that might be not the kind of coach he thought he was going to be. And this is the question I want to ask you. What kind of head coach do you appreciate? The overseer? The guy that stands up in the tower and has an OC and a DC and lets them do what they do and he kind of has the thousand-yard view of things, the CEO? Or do you want the coach like now Mike McCarthy, who's not only the head coach but in complete control of his offense? Man, it's such a tough question. I kind of like the head coach that has a specific side of the ball. Really? 
Like Belichick? Yeah, like Belichick, like Andy Reid, mm-hmm. you know, those type of guys, Sean McVay, whoever you want to call him, Matt LaFleur, whoever you want to consider, Kyle Shanahan. They're like all to, to me right now, when I talk about coaches that are at the top of the game, Nick Sirianni, they all have a specific side of the ball. And when you're really, really good at it, your team thrives. And when you're not, you get fired. Frank Wright comes to mind. I mean, even though he landed on his feet, <laughs> like you know, he's supposed to be with the Colts. Got it to you know, he got a Super Bowl he got with fire Nick promoted. Yeah, he got Nick Foles a Super Bowl. Oh my God, he's this, he's that, and then the Colts stunk out loud. And it was a complete bleep show, according to Matt Ryan, and how things were ran over there. So, I like the guy with the specific side of the ball, a la D'Amico Ryan's. The defense should thrive, and you should win games with on the defensive side of the ball. Robert Sala, defense is great. Um, with the Jets, so that that's just me. I, the no, o- I, the overseer. I'm kind of like, what do you do? I'm not sure those guys exist anymore in pro football. You got to be on a specific side. Yeah, of I like think- a guy that just kind of like until you hit the point where it's okay. Well, you're not going to hire anybody. We're not thriving in what you're supposed to do. So I'm going to give you one more year, but you're going to bring in Bobby Petrino. The Aggie Hour continues. Us, right. Hey, burn orange guys, sit on your hands. You're going to enjoy this. Andrew Monaco. <laughs> The voice of the fight in Texas Aggies and a really good guy on top of that joins us next. We're talking Aggies. Hang on tight. We'll be right back. This is R&R. You're on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Ribs, burgers, chicken. Mm. Submit what you grilled or smoked, and you could win a $50 gift card from Tri-County Meat Market. So good and tasty. Grilling with the Blitz. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Hey, good morning to you. Top of the morning to all. That's Rudy, I'm Rob, hence the R's. We're glad you're with us here on R&R in the morning because uh, I'd like to welcome on a good friend of ours. You know, you aspire to greatness, we all do, but to, <laughs> to aspire to be the voice of something. I'd like to welcome on the voice of your fighting Texas Aggies, Andrew Monaco, good friend. Welcome on, my friend, coming from the motherland. How are you this morning? It is wonderful to talk with both you. And you know what? Some people think, Rob, that I fell upwards. I'm not sure how that works. (laughs) (laughs) We all aspire to fall upwards and marry upwards as well. And I think all of us listening have done that. Exactly right. All right, Andrew. Absolutely right. You know, watching the the, uh, Johnny football um documentary on netflix was the perfect timing i think as we get ready as us aggies get ready for football season as practice has been going before we start digging into the nuts and bolts of the aggies and the college football world in general how's practice looking right now how how's things moving along with the uh inculcation of a new offense and a new coordinator yeah really really competitive really competitive and i and i love that because now you can see for me Watching last year, one of the questions was, how do you gain experience, right? And you can't. You can't snap your fingers and say, okay, you're experienced. Well, guess what? That that hurt them last year. And now it's something that they possess this year with a number of guys coming back. And, Rob, I'll be honest about this. I think the right guys came back. They become uh, not just your go-to players, but your go-to leaders on this team. And I think mm. there's a ton of respect for Anaya Smith. There's a ton of respect for Damani Richardson for a Max Wright for Layden Robinson for McKinley Jackson who's going to be so key and it's not just in their positions or in the rooms I think it's with the entire team so I think they're the right guys and I think that helps uh, fill the void that was there last year 
look, they're bothered by last year too. I, I like I Let's like hope. that part. I, mean, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Five and seven is not acceptable, not to anybody, but especially to them. And that's why I like the quiet confidence throughout the summer uh, when they would come through Twelfth Man Productions and talking with them, because you know you can do. We see the spring game, and for a lot of times you see a little bit of a, of an open practice. But to me, the key is, what are you doing when no one else right. is watching? What are you doing in the fourth quarter drills? What are you doing once spring practice is done and fall camp begins? What are you doing there? That, to me, is the time that decides who's the one and who's the two and who's the three. That time that you're putting in, that dedication, and that's what it was fun to see talking with Connor Wigman. I, I asked him, I said, I know you didn't have a lot of starts last year, but now you have an entire off season where maybe Evan Stewart comes to the line of scrimmage and just gives you a hand wave or a nod or something like that. I said, I asked him, I said, that's going to be really fun to see. Are you looking forward to that? He said, we already have that. That's the kind of stuff that I'm really looking forward to, not just in this camp, but in this season. Andrew, we talked so much about, and we could get to, we're going to get to Bobby and Jimbo, but let's talk about DJD and his side of the ball because a lot of that greatest recruiting class of all time, a good portion of it came on the defense side of the ball, and we don't spend any time talking about him. He said he's ready for them to take the next step. Talk about the defensive side a little bit instead of the the, the back and forth about Bobby and Jimbo and how that relationship will work. Glad you asked that because I think the defense has a chance to be dominant. I really do, and I think it begins with that uh, defensive line. Uh, and that's why I brought up McKinley Jackson, yeah. you know, him coming back. I think he's going to be a first-round pick. I really do. Mm-hmm. I, I Before I get on that D real quick, here's what I love about McKinley Jackson. When he was out last year, at every practice, obviously, he's going to do that. He was working on technique with his other defensive linemen, especially the young ones. But he would take the offensive linemen as well and say, look, this is what I'm going to do in this case. How are you going to block it? it, it I love that he works on both sides of the line. But I think that defensive line really is what uh, will be the key to the success because of McKinley-Jackson. And just what you were talking about, uh, LT Overton, Walter Nolan now in in the second year, a healthy Fidel Diggs. Uh, We didn't see Gabriel Brownlow-Dindy last year, and all of the players are raving about uh, the player that he is, both Shamars, Turner, uh, and Stewart. And it's really a, it's a D-line that's going to be by unit. So you're going to see a lot of them rotate and play. But I don't think there's a drop-off. Albert Regis there uh, as one of your defensive tackles. Isaiah Rakes as one of your defensive tackles. I, and the other thing that I like is this is a defensive line that says we are going to play eight seconds of hell. It used to be six. You go all out for the six seconds. But they made it eight seconds in honor of Terry Price, who wore 88 when he played at Texas A&M. The linebackers are deeper. Chris Russell comes back. Um, uh, Edrin Cooper is there. But you bring in a couple of terrific freshmen in Torian York, uh, Damian Sanford. And, again, we've got to see these guys. But another one of those guys from that recruiting class, Marshall Harris is getting a lot of that. And you're going to see a little bit more of the buck. Now, they've always had the nickel. I think they're going to rename it the star. Uh, but you're going to see a little more it's a good of that, name. Buck, like that, that. That, that rusher. I knew you guys were going to love that name, and, and that will be and that will be Bryce Anderson. And then on that back end, uh, a combination of the freshman who played last year and a combination of that transfer portal. Josh DeBerry coming from Boston College, Tony Grimes from from North Carolina, Sam McCall from Florida State, adding to Tyreek Chappelle, who had to play as a true freshman 
Jacoby Matthews, Jordan Gilbert. They all had to get snaps. What Jimbo said last year was, I wanted to play them the number of snaps where I thought they could be successful. I, I wanted to play them. I didn't want to have to play them. Well, with all the injuries, they had to play. Mm-hmm. Here's the upside of that. They got to play in the SEC. They got to feel what it was like to play with that speed against that talent. And, and here's, the, here's why I say there's a quiet confidence. They know they're good. They know they can play on that level, and they like the success that they had. So uh, I really think that this defense, I think a second year under D.J. Durkin is also uh, impressive, but I think, he's, I think he's got a little more talent uh, than he's had in the past. Like I said, I think they're, they're deeper and more talented at every, at every position. Are there still questions? Yes but I think they're going to be answered pretty quickly. We talk about questions. Andrew Monaco, the voice of the Fighting Texas Aggies, which you will hear all season long as we are home of them Aggies, and we'll get you going early on and keep you all season long. The uh, the, the transition this year with the addition of Bobby Petrino, uh, what are you seeing in just the offense? What, what are the primary differences that the Aggie fans are going to notice when we see them against New Mexico? A little more motion. I think you're going to see more motion. Uh, running backs out of the backfield to become an extra receiver. Uh, you're going to see multiple sets. You're going to see a couple tight ends. You're going to see uh, the receivers. Uh, you're going to see them play a little bit everywhere. It's not like this guy's just here. Now, you're always going to have the X, Y, and Z positions right. to get that. But I don't think it's going to be just, oh, this guy is just an exclusively over-the-middle guy. And, and more than anything, I think <laughs> Bobby – Bobby had a chance to talk with the media, and obviously we knew what happened in the, in the off season and addressed and everything, saying you know he had a chance to go to UNLV, but I think it was an opportunity to work with Jimbo Fisher, and I think it was an opportunity to work with his talent. I'm not going to lie about that. I mean, I did, this wide receiving core. He's never had anything like this. this. I don't think so. Not under not under Jimbo, and and I'm I dare say it, I'm going to have to ask Ryan Swope, and I'm going to go back to Shea Walker, who played under. Uh, uh, Jackie Sherrill, if they've had this much talent. <laughs> Let's slow down with it. Shea. That's a long time ago and a very good team way back then. That, Earn that. that. That's my guy, though. That's my guy. That's my, fir- that's my first Aggie that I worked with doing football. We were down there. We did, we did some high school and college football together. I love Shea. We hope they uh, achieve this kind of shape. Uh, Andrew, is Connor – we- oh, go ahead. Out there, if you put three receivers out there, right? Yeah. Pick your three. You're leaving. You're leaving a talented guy. That's why you can go four or five. Let's say you go just by number. Okay, uh-huh. zero Anias is going to be out there. One, East is going to be out there, right? Three is now Noah Thomas. Where's Moose? Okay, where's Micah Tease? Where's Deep. Robert Cottrell? Deep. Where's Jade Walker? And see, that's that's what makes me excited about it. And it's an opportunity to do all of that as well as get your running backs. Which that becomes a question: Who replaces Devon? It's not easy, uh, but but that with with that talent now now add the tight ends who I believe are those. I believe tight ends are becoming hybrids. You still have to block. You still have to be in that offensive line fraternity, but but you also have to catch. But it's a second year now for Donovan Green, Max Wright being back, Theo Mellenorstrom has really emerged. Jaden Platt is a freshman who's played uh, very well, and Jake Johnson is healthy and that's a six six target that possibly his brother will be throwing to I, it's, that's what i like i like the weapons that they have for sure everything we're hearing right now joined by andrew monica radio play-by-play voice for texas a&m aggies everything we're hearing right now about jimbo and bobby is kumbaya everybody's getting along everything's good week seven 
will that still be the same when things it's the SEC. You're going to lose games. Everybody's going to lose games. Everybody's not Georgia. Everybody's going to lose games and things are going to be big games. We saw it. We see it all the time. Come week seven, week eight, will it be all kumbaya and everybody's happy go lucky by then? What's the record? <laughs> four and three. How are they? How, four and three. Playing four and four and three. No one's going to be happy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, that's true. Like, 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 that's like, true. Why weren't the stories? Why weren't the stories of Jimbo at Daryl Dickey's throat last year? Mm. Like, I the, the, here's my problem is, and this is why I hate talking season as as I as I talk. <laughs> right. <laughs> the narrative about Bobby Petrino never came out of the Bright Slocum complex. It came from someone else who said, oh, I, did, I didn't get along with Petrino. Oh, they'll never get along. And, and, and the Aggies, why do we address? You know, you guys know, Jimbo doesn't care about the outside world, right? How am I going to win? And Bobby and Jimbo know one another, and it, and it does work. There's going to be a lot of similarities. Look, I'm, here, <laughs> if you don't have an offensive line, I don't care how much talent you have. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it, you, can't, you can't have Connor Wigman get – Evan Stewart the ball if he if he's not standing up right you have that Max Johnson can't hit his brother Jake Johnson if he has no time to deliver the ball defensive line if you're giving up if you're getting gouged on the run game and the run game wasn't good last yep. year the pass game was great on defense oh wait a second we're going back to winning in the SEC and that means winning in the line of scrimmage this team's still going to run the ball they're going to, it's going to look a little different. What you try to do, and Jimbo even talked about this, but, but Bobby was talking about it, had a chance to sit in with the, with the quarterbacks. Where are you finding the mismatch? If I have three receivers on this side and they only have two defenders, guess which side of the field you're going to be looking at? You're right, look right, at that. right. Don't complicate right. right? But that's where some of the motion really gets you. Can you make the defense then start to guess? But it's not, it's not going to be like – we're not running air raid under Mike Leach. That's not, that's not in the DNA of this team. You know what I mean? But you have a quarterback with confidence, read that defense, identify, make the decisions, make it quick. Bobby's very good with a quarterback. Yes, he is. The way, the way they talk about it. Now, look, great point. Four and three, no one will be happy. I don't think it's going to be that. I, I, I don't know. But, I mean, you'll see a difference, though, I believe, against – New Mexico, and I don't think here's my here's my thing. It's like, oh man, we had such a bad year last year. We've got to be really good last year. And the first drive is great, and the other thirteen drives are terrible. That's not going to do anybody any good. But that's not the feeling that I have. They, the the whole feeling is we know how it felt last year, and any time that even creeps into a practice, it's immediately stopped. And that's what I love about the leaders. They're assuming hey, it's, it's almost like they're saying a combination of it's my fault and I'll fix it. And, and the void last year is I, I, I don't blame anybody for it. I don't think they knew how to lead or if they were supposed to, uh, because there's, you know, there's, there's that unity council, which came down with the suspensions in the Miami game for all the guys who missed curfew right. and who said after South Carolina, look, we don't want those guys back. That, that, I think, was an important step. But they, anytime they feel something start to slip, if they don't like – the coaches, I don't think, have to say any longer, hey, pick up the tempo. The players are saying this to one another during camp. These leaders are saying it. And it's reminding me a little bit of the 2020 season, that Orange Bowl season. That's what they had. And, Rob, you know, I say this to you an awful lot. Saturday is determined by Monday through Friday. Amen. I thought that 2020 team was so special on Monday through Friday, 
last year, I didn't see the similarities between those two. Even early in this camp, I can see with the tempo and, and, and the competition in the camp, it's, it's much more like that than it was last year. That's Andrew Monaco, the voice of the Texas Aggies. And let's look at the broad scope of the SEC right now. What's the, what are you guys talking about when you see all the news about the shifting of teams and changing of conferences and maybe the imminent, uh, maybe the SEC might continue to grow? Um, what's your thought around the building as, the, as college football just continues to ripple and change? It was the right move, wasn't it, to be in a to be in a conference where you're not questioning Genius how move. many members are going to be here tomorrow? Yeah, it really was. It really was. Um, and and again, you're looking at a chance next year. Two more teams coming in. I think you're looking at a conference that is proactive, not reactive. Or in the case to me of the Pac-12, made no move, not proactive or reactive. It was it was neither. And I don't think there was that kind of communication between the schools of, are you happy? Are you not happy? Uh, obviously, Colorado wasn't because they bolted as quickly as they could. Obviously, what USC and UCLA did to kind of start that chain reaction. But to not be gauging what Oregon and Washington were going to do, to who at the time become the linchpin. You don't hear of anybody wanting to leave the SEC. Schools want to come <laughs> in. The Great point. And, and again, obviously, it's you know, money is a big part of it, right? I totally get that, and the, and the TV contract and that. But it's nice to be in something that is uh, really solid, uh, and and you see what else is going around. I think you can feel for it, you know, for the other schools and this and that. But know that it was the absolute right decision thirteen years ago, Andrew. What are the what are y'all telling people like myself who I just want to be entertained? I don't have any stake in it. I'm not an Aggie at all. What are y'all telling people that just fast forward me to 2024, get me to Texas, Texas A and M? Like I don't, I'm not, I don't want to discard this year. But people like my, I'm gonna be honest, Andrew. You, if I if I had the click remote, <laughs> I would I I would easily fast forward to 2024 and get back to Texas, Texas A and M. Boy. Now, now, now you, now you may have if if they do it right, and I hope they do. I hope that's just, I hope that's Thanksgiving weekend. It better be. It the should be. I, one thing, the one thing I've always liked about the SEC. Now, this is going to be interesting with with the, those two schools coming in, but they protect rivalries. If you think about it, like even you know, uh, obviously, you know, um, Florida still plays LSU, even though they were in different divisions, and I know the divisions are going away. Right. You always had the, those inter inter uh, interdivisional matchups. And I hope that they keep that rivalry, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that it is Thanksgiving. I, I think that will that will be good. I know I will not get my wish here, but I do wish that just anyone at Texas will say, "You guys were right." <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, right, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. right. I, I know it's not happening. Oh, man. Right? But I mean, it took them 13 years to make the same decision. So that they criticized. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe maybe someone will put a billboard up, you know, uh, for for that as well. Uh, I, 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 the other thing is, I, I, you know, it, it makes it a very strong 16, and that, and we're seeing once again. I don't think it's a seismic shift, but I think we're seeing the shift. And you know, f- you know, for them uh, to, to come in. Um, 
I think it's I, 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 it becomes almost must see every single. Oh my week. goodness, Andrew! Oh no matter, yes, no matter where they are. Yeah, no matter, no matter who, who it is, right? Uh, real quick and before I think that's going. Speaking of must that's see, that's going to be the big adjustment. Uh, they're not uh, going to get. They're not going to get a week off. No, that's that's done. Nobody is though. But yeah, go ahead. And let's get off Nobody. football real quick. Is the basketball team in the Bahamas right now? Are they playing someplace? Basketball team is in the Bahamas. They get to play uh, three games there. It's a it's a wow. week of the bonding and. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm You didn't I'm get that gig? <laughs> you didn't there. put your name on that list? No. No. I you know what? I and I was kind enough to have Buzz on a Christmas card one year. He I don't think he's ever going to be on another Christmas I card. I know. Well, you're doing God's work standing on the sidelines and right outside of the uh football stadium there at Bright. Um congratulations. This is going to be a crazy year, man. This is going to be one of those years that I think we look back at Aggie fandom, and it's going to. This is a fork in the road kind of year. Do you feel that way? This is uh, this is a year that I know Jimbo knew because of the recruiting mm-hmm. and having the experience. This was going to be a, a, a huge year, and he knew twenty four was also with the talent coming in. I know the guys left from last year, but if you remove those guys who left, still a highly recruited class. And and I love the question that that Rudy Rudy you asked because. There are you're going to see those players dotted. They're going to be here two or three more years and and have that impact. And I think I have a chance. I think it has a chance to be a special year, not just in comparison to last year. I, that's why I said I like the confidence that this team is carrying. Is, can Connor Wegman be Jimbo's Jameis Winston? Yes. Mm. Yeah. It's 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 funny. Uh, I I always say, hey Jimbo, I don't know what it is, but when a player has it. <laughs> And then Jimbo proceeds to tell me what it is, what the what the factors that go into the it, and and I really believe the combination of those of those two. I think Max will make Connor better. I think Connor makes Max better. Max in better shape, throwing the ball really well. You're going to have a lot more confidence. Again, can you keep them healthy? No other team had three quarterbacks. No other team lost an All SEC center. Bryce Foster being back mm. is huge you have an offensive line that will be able to play together, can take that next step. That's why I say well, I, lo- I love the sizzle of everything. I love the sizzle. skill position. I really do. I think that's great. But you know what? you got to get down to the, you know, what, what wins you is protecting those guys. And the pocket has been protected. Look, I don't think this offensive line is going to face a better defensive line all year than what they're going to face Mondays. I, I think when you get to go up, when Lane Robinson gets to go up against McKinley Jackson, that's two of the best in the entire conference, and they're going to bang on each other 20 times on Monday and another 20 times on Tuesday. Man, you're going to look across the line on Saturday, going, "Man, I could block McKinley Jackson. I'm going to have a good. I'm going to have a good Saturday today." <laughs> that point. guy is not Great McKinley point. Jackson. You know what I mean? Like I, Great I really point. think that, and I know, that I know each of those lines really respect one another. But I, I still say, through all the stuff that's going, that is always going to be the key. I don't care just for Texas A&M. That's how you win in the SEC. That's why Georgia has been successful. That's why Alabama has always been successful because of those lines and when they've been down. It's a reason why LSU was close, but they couldn't get to the promised land last year because that offensive line of them, even though it was the end of the first year, a lot of freshmen, the Aggies were healthy on that defensive line, won that battle. The Aggie offensive line against LSU won that battle, and you had Devon A-Chain running for over 150 yards. That's the key, and I hope that win in 2022, the final win, 
proves to be the first win in 2023. I think that's part of the identity. He's Andrew Marnico. The party begins 23 days, 10 hours, 4 minutes, and 57 seconds away as the Lobos show up to College Station September the 2nd. You'll hear Andrew on the call right here on San Antonio Sports Star. Hey, man, look forward to speaking with you every week. Let's talk some good Texas Aggies. Uh, thanks for stopping by, man. We always appreciate the knowledge. My pleasure, guys. Great talking with you this morning. Thank you, Andrew. Andrew Monaco, the voice of the Fighting Texas Aggies. This is a, a that was a quick yes to the Winston question. Yes, it was. You know, I, that's the thing that I mean. There's been a lot of problems, but he hasn't had his Winston. No, and he I, hasn't had that guy. And I'm not saying that the the guys that he's had can't play, but I'm just saying that special. Every team that's won it over the last few years, unless you're Georgia, has had a, a guy that's special. And not to say that Wegman isn't special. He's not Jameis. He's not. But he's got a better arm. He does have a better arm, but I'm not really? sure. Really? James, yeah. James had a gun. Wegman can spin it. Okay. Uh, he really can. Now, physicality and some of the things that Jameis, he ain't him. Okay. But uh, he's, he's a good young quarterback. And we keep discounting, and I keep hearing it, even in Monaco's voice, don't, Aggie fan, don't discount Max Johnson. They keep bringing <laughs> you know, him up. You want to keep Max alive. If, well, I, I don't know why. I'm, I want Wegman to get every snap. I want three years of this. But Max is still hanging around, so don't be surprised okay. if maybe Max gets well, the ball. Well, he did say Max is making him better. Yeah. He said Max is making Connor better. To start the season, and, and Wegman comes later, I don't know. I'll hear from the veterinarian underground as they arrive to practice this Saturday. I want to thank him, uh, him, Andrew Monaco, for stopping by. The 8 o'clock hour is going to be even better than the others. Hold on. R&R continues next as we look at legendary good defenses. Do the Cowboys fall into it? We'll talk about it next. This is R&R on 941 San Antonio Sports Star. Good advice. You can trust me to do the same for you. If you or a family member has been injured in an auto collision, call me, Jason Thompson. My number is 210-900-0400 or at my website, lawyerforus.com. Hey, y'all. My name is Tierra, and a little thing that I love about the Chick-fil-A Spicy Chicken Biscuit is that it has the perfect amount of spice to jumpstart my day. Whoever thought of it, thank you so much. Hi, my name is Robert, and a little thing I love about Chick-fil-A Spicy Chicken Biscuit is the biscuit. It reminds me of my grandma's homemade biscuit. It's always buttery and savory. Then you add the spices, instant classic. Order the Spicy Chicken Biscuit on the Chick-fil-A app today. Real Chick-fil-A guests pay for their testimonials. If this were a Reese's TV ad, you'd be staring at a Reese's peanut butter cup. And sure, my voice is peanut buttery smooth, but still, you need to see the peanut butter cups, right? No? I can really just say Reese's and you'll go get some? Okay. Reese's. 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 Really working, actually. Reese's. Reese's. This, I'm on to something. Reese's. 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 This is a saying I like a lot. Joy shared is joy doubled. Grief shared is grief halved. It reminds us that there's a lot of wisdom and well-being that comes from living in relationship with other people. When something good happens in your life and it brings a lot of joy into your heart, the experience of it isn't really complete until you share it. Think about a good book you've read and you can't wait to tell someone about it. The joy gets doubled when your friend experiences that same joy. And what about grief? When grief and sorrow are shared with a companion in suffering, it helps to lighten that load. There's nothing worse than facing a significant loss and there's no one to help lighten that load. From time to time, people ask how to be a better friend. Here are two really important ways to improve as a friend. Here's my advice. Share the joy and share the grief. 
the good stuff doubles, and the bad stuff lessens. This is Mark Absher with the MacArthur Park Church of Christ. Visit our church online at MacArthurChurch.org. The MacArthur Park Church of Christ, connecting God and people. Your home for the Cowboys. Touchdown all the way. Runs it in for the touchdown. This is 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. KTFM Floorsville. San Antonio's Sports Center. Football is back, and the Texans are rolling out their number two overall pick, C.J. Stroud. They take on the Patriots. Kickoff is set for six. The Cowboys don't play till Saturday versus the Jaguars, and you can catch that on your home for Cowboys San Antonio Sports Star. And the Rangers' eight-game win streak came to an end. They fell 2-0 to the A's. They are off until tomorrow. SportsCenter is brought to you by BraintreeNutrition.com. Better sleep, more focus. BraintreeNutrition.com. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh, my God, it's early. Wake me up. Wake me up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake me up. Oh, wake me up. Wake up. Rob Thompson. You don't believe the other way in transition to the back. Oh, with a left hand oh. slam. I want some nasty. Rudy J. Cowboys win. How else would you settle this game? How about this, Cowboys? Begin each day as if it were on purpose. I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning. Hey, good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. I'm so glad you are here because Rudy's here, I'm here, Edwin's here, let's have a party. we got two hours of a fun and interesting commentary coming your direction. Andrew Monaco, I want to thank him for stopping by. Interesting stuff from the fighting Texas Aggie voice of. And dude's going to have to get in nice with Buzz over on the basketball program. He's yeah, I mean, he's talking to us. In the Bahamas. Could be in the Bahamas with a basketball team. Uh, Mace Shiz on the YouTuber says Texans and Aggie talk today might be a good day. All right. I feel sorry for you, bro. You've picked a hard life to live, but yeah, we'll talk more Texans as they go off tonight. A little bit of football. Um, a Longhorn fan. Will you go up to your fellow Aggie and tell him, shake his hand and say, Hey man, let me buy your beer. And I was right. You were right. I was wrong. It was the right thing to do because when the Aggies bolted for the SEC, I remember vividly, Longhorn fans, you're stupid. How? Wh- why, what are you thinking? This and that. Arrogance. And here come y'all. Ass kid. And then here y'all come. Is back, folks. So as, back. A, as a Texas, uh, Edwin, Minix, Pledger, I need y'all to find an Aggie, whether it be Rob, whether it be Lance. No, it needs to be me. Rob, and go shake his hand and say, Rob, y'all were right. We were wrong. Let me buy you a beer. That's all we have. That is your duty as a Longhorn fan before this season ends. And can you do it while taking a knee? <laughs> I mean, that's really, I mean, we don't ask for much. Right. Uh, by the way, we're going to talk, hey, talk about a good day, Aggie fan. At 4.15 today, Billy Lucci of TexAgs.com will be joining Jason and Joe as they discuss Aggies and Texas uh, A&M's Johnny Manziel. Who is Billy Lucci and why, why is he important? He is. He runs TexasAgs.com. He's the... Uh, He's Chip Brown? He is. Is that, he is. Is that his name? Chip, Chip Brown, Brown and Billy Lucci. If you're an Orange Bloods type, the Aggie type is uh, Billy Lucci. Okay. Which, by the way, I have followed his stuff for years. I know a guy you sit in this very chair, Dat Wynn, was an early investor in Texas. So he got rich. Back when the inner tubes were first kind of growing. Right. I'd never seen the guy in person until um, the Johnny documentary. He don't look like I thought he was going to look like. What do you uh, think I'm just he was supposed to look I don't like, know. Rob? Well, you know, 
I thought he'd look like a yell leader. Dressed in his ice cream suit. High speaking of those guys. Up. Speaking of those guys, I, when uh, I went to that were, Aggie dinner. Uh, I'll be smiling when you start talking about my boys here. <laughs> when I went to that okay. Aggie dinner over at Aggie Park, and they had four or five of those guys in there, I was like, oh. Those dudes are buttoned up, man. What does that Forgive mean? them for what they have to do because they've been doing the <laughs> no. same things for a hundred years. You <laughs> no. know what I mean? Forgive look, look, them. Uh, you thought I wasn't going to slam them? Don't you don't got to come running to their defense? I wasn't going to uh, slam I, them. I, well, see, my battered Aggie <laughs> came hanging out again. I'm sorry. I'm okay. sorry. I've, I, I How saw? do they keep that white? That white. What are they using on the washing machine? Because my whites, no matter how much bleach I use. Well, I can't get them white, white, Connecticut white, Connecticut oh. water softeners. No, I, um, Aggie engineering, <laughs> <That's a good laughs> one. Aggie engineering, one. the, uh, yeah, the whites stay white. I don't know. That's They're gleamy, we, but those dudes are buttoned up. Don't, don't judge All them right. by those silly yells. And I'll tell you, they're a hundred years old. All right. But when you meet them without their ice cream suits on impressive young men, they are the, uh, the term legendary has now popped up. When we're talking about the Dallas Cowboys defense potential, that when you're talking about Micah Parsons and Diggs, the hundred million dollar cornerback, and Gilmore and D Law and all that have come, mm. that this is almost there. Legendary. Now that's that's the kind of thing that makes Dallas Cowboy haters turn. No, we're not haters. We're not haters. It's the it's the thing that makes Dallas Cowboys not fans. But that, that's what makes us at the beginning of every year be like, dude, why do every year y'all got to come outside and hang your hat on something different? Now this year you got Menix who's blown up on TikTok. I think he's at like 8,000 views on TikTok because he comes out and says, this is going to be an historical defense. And Micah Parsons is saying, I want the Ravens 2000. But I don't think Micah really looked at the Ravens 2000 stats. I don't think he looked at the 85 Bears stats. That's what I think when I think legendary. I think the Cowboys defense, again, Cowboy fans, hear me out. Because I know you and LeBron fans, y'all don't listen. Y'all listen to respond instead of listening to be enlightened. Hi, my ears are open. You're going to be a really, really, really good defense. You're not going to be legendary. Is that going to be enough? It's impossible to be legendary in this era of football where offense is taking precedence. You can't hit anybody. You can't touch the quarterback. You can't touch anybody after five yards. You can't hit anybody coming across the middle. Like it's it's just impossible to be legendary. And I'm not I'm not saying they're not gonna be great, but they're not gonna be legendary because it's not set up for you that way anymore. It's just not, Micah. It's a great goal. I, I appreciate a lofty goal. I think people that set goals in life are usually successful. Now, but it's not going to happen, bro. You, we toss around what legendary is. Yes. What is a legendary defense? And when you hear what a legendary right. defense is, uh, young buck yeah. Micah Parsons, sit down and take All some right, notes. Check this out. It's Let's, a long way away. I gave you the Ravens earlier. Four shutouts, 12 games of 10 points or less. Didn't give up more than 10 points in four playoff games, including the Super Bowl. Rewind to 85 Bears. Four shutouts. Two of them came in the playoffs. 14 games with 10 points or less. Didn't give up more than 10 points a game in the more than 10 points in three playoff games. And two of those three playoff games were shutouts. You're not going to be that. That is legendary. And that it was a different game. You're going to be great. I think they're going to be great. You got lock and key and Steph and, and Steph and Diggs, which Steph, you're wearing number 21. Steph, you're wearing number 21. With number 21 comes great expectations. All right. 
You got Micah. D-Law, he talked about, Micah talked about D-Law saying, hey, you know, D-Law never wanted to play on one side of uh, the defensive line. Even D-Law said, hey, man, let me learn. Let's lock in. Everybody's locked in. You're going to be a really, really Rudy, good defense. Rudy, you're telling me what you're describing not, is a legendary no, defense. What you just described. Rob, it can't be legendary. Gilmore, Diggs, Rob, Parsons, Law, four LVE. Shutouts, four shutouts. Well, that ain't going to happen. Uh, that's what I'm well, saying. Well, I mean, but we may be, you're right. It ain't going to be that. But it ain't outlandish to go, my God. And then you add in depth. This team is deep. You can't hear Mike. Sure well, Are you sure they're deep? I think this. Well, we're going to talk about it in about ten minutes. The the, the addition of Monty Smith and what this is going to mean. Uh, the depth is certainly better. Uh, now, maybe the quality of the depth might be a little bit different because of the youth. But I, every ingredient that when you look at the two thousand Ravens mm-hmm. and you look at the that little the run of the Legion of Boom and you look at the Bears of eighty five. They have the pieces. So forgive us if we look and go, well, I've seen what other great defenses looked like, and they had guys that looked like my guys, and we've got a defensive coordinator that was a part of one of those legendary teams, and he's acting like this looks like that team. Oh, The no-fly zone, the Broncos, and the Legion of Boom. Are are we sure we want to put attach legendary to them? The Legion of Boom, I'll give it to. And when you're over there shaking your head, yes, because you feel like, hey, the Cowboys can be that. <laughs> I think, no, I think the Cowboys can be the Broncos, No Fly Zone, and the Legion of Boom, but I don't have those two defenses in the same light as the 2000 that... Ravens and the 85 Bears. But a close third, right? That Seattle team, they're up there, Ooh. but I don't feel like they're, they're the. Again. There's Deion Sanders, and there's Darrell Revis. Deion is a legend. Darrell Revis is a Hall of Famer. I think we need another notch up. There's Hall of Famers, and then there's legends. Goats. Larry Allen, legendary. You see what I'm saying? Like, And then there's some Hall of Famers underneath him. Well, who says Diggs won't be? Excuse me? Well, I'm just saying. He's Rob. only three years into this gig. He might be. Rob. Look at the numbers for the young wide uh, young corners. He's right there with them in the early part of their now careers. Now it is harder for they do have a tougher gig. Dion could beat you up. Daryl Green could beat you up. Truth. Truth, they could beat you up. You can't beat you can't touch anybody nowadays. But legendary. Well, here's the other thing that bothers like, me. Y'all, like let's re- look. No, put. You know, I want you to put on the screen, Edwin. The definition of legendary. Go ahead, Rob. Well, what bothers me? It kind of goes to what you're asking for. How can you be legendary if you haven't even got a nickname? We, uh, I thought it was, uh, what was it? We them boys or what was the, it? The hot boys no, thing. That's like eight years old and that never worked. How can you, be, seriously, how can you be legendary without a nickname? Every other one of them has a nickname. Even the old Cowboys Doomsday. Legendary. Mean, relating to says, or it, characteristic of legend or legend. It just says well-known or famous. Rob, I think it's unfair. One, you playing Hurts twice. You're playing Justin Herbert, who... San Diego, this reports are coming out. They can't believe Kellen Moore even became available. They are giddy. They said this is the best camp Justin Herbert has ever had in his three-year career. You just better. saying. I'm just saying. You got Josh Allen. You got Aaron Rodgers. Who owns you? Keep that in mind, Cowboy fan. Well, in uh, yellow you pants. Want, he owned us in yellow you pants. Wanna, we'll however see what green you want to slice do. it, Aaron Rodgers owns you. Okay? If he can work his jujitsu. And not get concussed. Miami's offense was rolling before 
the jujitsu wasn't working and he got concussed a bunch of times. You have to play him as well. Gosh, this schedule's rough. It is a rough schedule. It's it is not a, the toughest. It's not the toughest. But, but it is a rough schedule. And it might and is it fair in a schedule like this, in a year coming off of a playoff of schedule, is it fair to even ask them to become legendary all of a sudden? Well, the good news is you've got the opposition to prove it. If you can, you have you will if you are legendary and at the end of the season we look back and go, "Yep, they were." It's because they had the opportunity to take down Jalen Hurts twice, to deal with Aaron Rodgers, to deal okay. with Tua, now to you deal with these offense. And if at the end of the season we look back and go, "Yep, they shut them down or at least did what was appropriate in this day and age." And maybe that's under 20, maybe that's under 15 points a game. I don't know what legendary is now, but they do have the opportunity. At least you can parse it that way. And you got to play. You got you got the great Sam Howell, the great <laughs> Daniel Jones. <laughs> no, we're not. I had to think about who Sam Howell was for just a brief second. Eric the enemy's calling him a, a piece of crap. He's going to come out and throw for five thousand yards this season. No, it's a tough schedule. But I like Micah's. I like Micah's mindset. Micah's mind is in the right place. Now to get to he's this. a truly he's becoming a true leader. Did, did, we're gonna let's play something real quick because we're about to talk about the rookies. Okay, and, and uh, I, I thought it was great about Monaco talking about the one of the greatest things I've ever heard. Old Shelby Metcalf, best thing about freshmen is they become sophomores. Um, <laughs> That's a good. One. <laughs> you know, and the best thing about rookies is they become first years. And a lot of this is about Micah talks about the continuity of this and how continuity helps to bring in these new dudes like Mozzie Smith, this new rookie, and Gilmore and the likes of these guys. People don't understand experience is a gift. I even told RC this Super Bowl time. I said the Eagles is the most talented team, but I'll never go against experience. So I'll go with Mahomes. I'll never say Mahomes is going to lose. I remember I told you that. And no, everyone said, you really going against the Eagles? I said, bro, I'm not, I hope the Eagles win. I don't care. You know, I got great friends in the Eagles. But I said, I'll never go against experience. Because experience is a gift. And that's one thing we have. This is a team that played together. Our defense didn't break up. Our defense is still the same defense. And we only got better and learned how to communicate better. We learned how to play together better. We understand what we like. We got people that's interchangeable. I'm coming off the ball. Layton's coming on the ball. Like Everyone is learning a new role and how to fixate to become a better one. So, like, it's okay. Like, you could bring guys in, but guys don't know how to work with each other all the way right now. It's like drafting a wide receiver. You got to build chemistry with the quarterback. Know where you want the ball, where the ball's being thrown. Like, you know, same thing with rushing. Rushing is a gift, bro. Like, you don't just hop on the field and just sack the quarterback. You got to learn how to rush with the team, everyone around you. Mm. Like, this ain't one-on-one sport. That is Micah Parsons. He said that on the Pivot podcast day before yesterday. Uh, if you're not listening to the Pivot, you need to. Yeah, Great you're wrong. Great interview on with Micah. And before we go with what he said, you brought it up, and I he's sounding like Dak. He has been reading from the book of <laughs> Dak leadership, isn't he? Yeah, man. It's like I'm, he's starting to talk. We're bringing guys along. Said the San Francisco loss almost killed them, and now he says I'm in meetings. He said I got a pen and a pad, and I'm writing down everything. And when I see a young guy with no pen and no pad, I call him out. Now keep in mind, it was an indirect shot. But Micah started last year after the San Francisco game. He said, quote, the things that hurt us early on ended up hurting us late. Now, he did take some of the blame. He said, hey, yeah, we only gave up. He said, we gave up 19 points. We only scored 12, but where's our accountability? So he took accountability. But right after that game, emotions are high. He was talking about Dak's interceptions. 
He just didn't say his name. So I think Mike is going to take that next step into it. And he talked about watching Michael Jordan in the last dance. He's going to be taking that next step of holding guys accountable. So if you see a, a kerfuffle on the <laughs> sideline, don't be alarmed. You need those things. You need uncomfortableness to get to where you want to go, which is Las Vegas. To get to legendary status, first and foremost, you got to stop the run, baby. Last year you got gashed. That's, there's no getting around it. D-Law and that internal defense, or D-Law on the edge and the internal defense, just wasn't enough. Hankins helped kind of stop gap, and they brought him back. But Mozzie Smith, part of these rookies, was brought in to fix a problem. All right. To fix now, a problem. I brought, all right, Cowboy fan. I'm just saying. You're right. This, look, this is all I'm saying, Cowboy fan. The last time I saw Mozzie Smith, he was giving up 263 rushing yards to Max Dugan and the TCU Horn Frogs. The TCU Horn Frogs ran for 263 yards on a Mozzie-led defensive line where he had a whopping three tackles. The last time I saw Mozzie, Max Dugan <laughs> and Omari Demarcado, <laughs> that guy was running the ball down his throat, and they gave up 51 to TCU. The sun was in their eyes. Now, he doesn't have Michael Parsons. It wasn't Mozzie's fault. I'm just saying, that was the the last time we saw him, he gave up almost 300 on the ground. But let's lay our hat on Mozzie. I hadn't considered this. I hadn't put two and two (laughs) together. Because we drafted Mozzie. But remember after that game how much Jerry was talking about Max Dugan? Exactly. Jerry loved him some Max after he ran right over the first-round draft pick he took home. But Mozzie was brought in to fix the problem. Now, I don't know if he's capable. Now, first of all, that Michigan defense isn't what the Cowboys have. So I'm having some fun with it. But that's all I'm saying. Last time I saw him, he had three tackles. Now, the first thing we thought of when we saw Mozzie is he ain't as big as we thought he was. He's not. His butt is big, but he's not that big of a human. One of the early knocks, one of the concerns about Mozzie was while he wasn't big, he's certainly strong. And he's proven that in training camp. But he wasn't necessarily considered to be too quick. That first step was going to be kind of an issue. He said that. He admitted that. And it appears he's been working on it. And I will say the – I don't think there's any unhappy Cowboys with Mozzie Smith. I don't think we're mad or upset with his performance. I think he is a first-round draft pick. They're going to bring him along. They're going to bring him along. Now, second-round draft pick is is the tight end, a big boy coming out of Domer's uh, schoonmaker, who really, no grade yet. I saw him catch a pass from Dak Prescott. Finally. Really? John Mishota tweeted it out. Here he is. (laughs) One of the four tight ends on the roster. Yeah. And I think everybody we've talked to, one of the great benefits of camp is there ain't going to be a consistent starter. Gonna be a, this isn't going to be a platoon thing. And you fix, you figure Schoonmaker, who's probably the biggest of all of them, but also coming out of a pro system, might have the inside leg because of his size. He might be a better offensive lineman slash tight end than the other three. Yeah. Um, he's a, he's a going to be a, look, you play for John Harbaugh and you play tight end. The one thing you're going to rebuild, know for sure is he's going to be able to run block. Now, the one guy that has been low-key in this draft, their third-round draft pick, DeMarvion Overshone. The guy's a kind of a positionless cat. Two, kind of a l- big safety, small linebacker, kind of uh, he's perfect a high, Dan Quinn guy. a hybrid to be nice. He's looked good in coverage. I think this guy looks like Sam Williamson did before. I think it, it, I think the problem we keep running into these these good, young 
athletic defensive types is we can't keep them healthy. I mean, we just can't keep these guys on the field. What well, the uh, LSU kid, Jabril? Jabril's, oh, Jabril's a, been a hurt, unit hurt. when you see him, but he just can't stay healthy and stay on the field. I think that low key people are kind of impressed with Overshone, but again, he's one of those guys that he is, had an interception. Yeah, he just had an interception. Was yesterday or Tuesday? He had an interception in practice. Now I think it was against Greer. It wasn't against Dak, but he got him a pick. He's East Texan out of ARP. <laughs> Where is ARP? Somewhere you probably don't want. Somewhere you probably <laughs> don't imagine, want to hang out. Imagine there's some pine trees. Yeah, awfully close and some red dirt. Yeah. What do you think about your boy Fajoko? I think he's bigger than I expected him to be. That's the other side of that. Fajoko, the uh, defensive edge. Is that what we're defining him as? I mean, uh, I guess so. I, I, another one of those hybrid kind of big, strong, fast, not necessarily big enough, but not but too small kind of guys. Well, I know that RJ likes him. Yeah, and I think the thing about rookies in camp is the thing you want to hear is nothing. And you really heard nothing because most of the time with rookies, either you're going to hear, oh, my God, he's jumping off the charts or just nothing, which means he's not playing bad. You see what I'm saying? Right. Because, like, remember last year with Tolbert, it was like, oh, my God, this is awful. It's bad. It's awful. You haven't heard anything from on, on the Fajoko side of things. So that's a good thing in a, in a weird way. He'll be part. And if he does come through, I heard Dan Quinn on with Chuck McAtenick last night talking about not just his studs, but he's like, you know, the way we're going to win football games, especially in December, January, and February is in the fourth quarter. And to do that, we're going to have to have the depth that we have put together. He, right. he, was, he was talking about how happy he was at each level to have the kind of guys that he could go two, three deep and rotate guys around, knowing full well that, you know, Micah wore down last year and there wasn't a lot there. The internal defensive line wore down due to injuries and, you know, overweightness and, and things didn't work out this year. I think they feel a little bit more comfortable about uh, having them. One last rookie that we haven't talked about is the one that we're going to be talking a whole lot about, I think, on Monday. Who's that? Deuce. The Cowboy's about to uh-huh. drop a deuce all over the NFL. Wow. Wow. With, you said he's going to have four touchdowns. I think he's going to have four touchdowns. I didn't get to hear Jason and Joe when I asked them about the over-under on your four touchdowns because I thought that was interesting. Because I didn't get to hear what they thought. I cannot state it, and I know we harped on it all last week. It is the weirdest thing I've ever seen on an NFL football field, watching him run around like that. It, it just doesn't look right, and you can't see him. You, If you are standing in the wrong place, he'll have the ball. You can't see him. No, I, I I had that problem, and I was on the field watching, and I couldn't find him. Legendary. Excuse me? Legendary. The Cowboys are chasing it. I do think that the rookie class was drafted in a way to kind of augment that. Now, to be legendary, Micah is going to have to be legendary. He will be. That, But that's the problem. I don't know if everybody's Micah. Is he having to drag players along, or are they willfully following he says the San Francisco loss nearly killed him. That's what we want to hear, right? We're going to hear from Micah as he sat down with a pivot and gave us answers regarding Super Bowls, the quality of his play, and the potential legendary Dallas Doomsday 2. Is that a good No. No. we got to come right, up with a nickname. Yeah, yeah. How can he be a legendary without a nickname? It developed over time. There it is. Hey, uh, listen to this. You want to win some tickets? Yes. It's Hot Ticket Thursday. Be the ninth caller at 210-656-ESPN. And you could be on your way. The hottest tickets to the hottest events. Ninth caller wins. Godsmack. Stained. Germania. 
August the 31st. Caller 9. Get on. Oh, Caller 8. 656-3776-656-ESPN. It's Caller 9. Yes. I got to listen to my own sounders. You want to listen to this. Micah <laughs> Parsons speaks. Number 11 talks. We listen. That's next. You're on R&R. And this is 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning, everybody. Jason Minix here from the Blitz at 2 o'clock today. Of course, we'll have the latest from Dallas Cowboys training camp. We'll preview the Texans preseason opener with the great John McClain as he joins us at 5.15. Rudy J, man, I got to give you a lot of credit. I didn't know you could actually shoot a video while on a treadmill. <laughs> that is the power of editing, my friend. Like my good boy, my good man, Ryan, down the hall. Makes us look good on social media. I was actually walking through the building with my uh, personal cameraman, James Pledger, and it looked like the way it was edited, it looked like I was on the treadmill. But I'll tell you, it looks good. Yeah, shout out to Ryan and Ernie. They they got they've they've made our they've stepped up our social game. I, I will say, I, I when I see things that I'm impressed with, I always say that's restaurant quality. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's restaurant quality video work. There, yeah. If you're not following us all on the socials. Make sure you're jumping on at Rudy J underscore star at Rob Thompson ESPN. You know, Micah Parsons, I'm always kind of cynical when I hear guys that all they ever say is the right thing. Right. And sometimes Dak Prescott kind of bothers me because it's all kind of canned and it's all just for, you know, the soundbite and the media blur. But I never felt like, at least most of the time, that I'm really getting anything out of Dak other than I'm going to try hard and we're going to do good. But Micah, you know, because of his Twitter storms, because of some of the things that I've seen him throw out there, I get the sense that whenever I hear Micah talk that I'm getting the unvarnished Micah, even though it might sound like he's saying the right things. Mm. Does that? I like it. Sometimes yeah. he's going to, when you're that outspoken and when you are that open, like with the pot, like with the pivot as he was, sometimes people are going to, because all this, like we can be great stuff. The haters are going to, the haters, that's forever burned in their minds. Uh, why aren't we the best? How can you say San Francisco's better than us? How can you say Philly's better than us? All the, there's some things that you say while we love it because we ask athletes to be open. Your haters and the doubters and your and your opponents are gonna keep those things on deck. So it's cool and I like it and I like speaking things into existence. I'm all for it, but sometimes it can come back to bite you. I mean, as you know, we even did it. But God, Tiger Woods had one of the the best career we've ever seen, and. Because he doesn't have twenty majors, we're like, oh, you, well, you said only majors <laughs> yeah. matter. You know what I'm saying? You, you're the one, that, LeBron. You said not five, not six, not seven. You said that, so you didn't get that. So we're gonna kill you for it. So what Micah has to realize, and I think he's cool with it, is some of these things that you put out into the universe, we keep them in our brains and we throw them back in your face when they don't come to fruition. Now Micah is, I don't, he's not defending, he's promoting the legendary thing. He's the one that's bringing it up. Yeah, he said, well, yeah, that's him. His words. What do you and think we're going to use them against him. That's an awful lot. The Ravens? The Ravens? Bruh, stop. I don't think, I, I know he what he meant, he meant well, but I don't think he actually had his stats and info department look at what that Ravens 2000 team actually did. Well, he talked about the quality of his defense. Are they better than Philly? Are they? Um, this year, possibly. He thinks so. Let's hear from I'm Micah. trying to be on that Ray Lewis defense. Hmm? I'm trying to hold teams to under 10 points. Excuse me? They don't score 10 points to win the game. So I take accountability. Adversity happens. You know, that's part of the game. But we got to hold teams under 10 points. I ain't worried about I can't. See, media high side, we call it, say, oh, well, the offense didn't score 
That's why we lost. But we let them score 19 points. Where's our accountability? Regardless of how good we played, but we didn't play great. I think there was another level that we could have tapped in. We missed interceptions. We missed opportunities to get the ball back to our offense. And something they probably could have capitalized on. So I don't, I don't blame nobody. No, what was going to happen, Mike, if you would have got Dak the ball a couple more times, you would have threw four picks. No, I'm kidding. That's just now that's just being me. That's just being me. That, that was a right me. hook. Maybe but, three. But deservedly so. <laughs> Maybe three. That was a really good San Francisco defense last year. They held teams under 18 points. So it was gonna it was it was tall a tall task regardless. Now getting back again and judging him versus what is legendary, not only oh, for the defense, but as the player. I mean, we're looking at him. I mean we're, he, he, he we, no, I don't think even the biggest cowboy hater in the world knows Mike is going to do what Mike is supposed to do. Nobody's, nobody is going to take anything from Mike. We're not worried about that. The problem is with the greats, and you saw it with every great. Every great, they get put on a team where it's just like, man, he's, he's, he's a Hall of Famer. He's everything. He's surrounded by a bunch of trash. And, and, that, mm-hmm. that, that, and this isn't a trash cowboy team, but what I'm saying is, you know, you never know when the guy next to you isn't going to do his part. So nobody's doubting Micah. But he's pulling guys with him. He's bringing guys. And the thing that I like about it is he's not afraid to talk about the Super Bowl. I hate when guys don't want to do that. I mean, I get the Bill Belichick approach. What? We're just focused on Cincinnati. Yeah, I get that. But don't be afraid to talk about it. But I think that starts up top. That starts with Coach McCarthy. McCarthy's not scared of it either, whereas most coaches are like, hey, we're worried about the Giants in week one. We'll worry about the Super Bowl in February. So that that's where that starts. That actually starts up top, Rob. It starts up top, and you tell players to say things like that, but we're hearing it from – we heard it from, from Dak for the, really the first time. Sitting with the Blitz, I heard yeah, Joe ask right. him, what is a successful season? I've never heard Dak say Super Bowl. They're all talking about it. And I like it. There's nothing wrong with it until you don't win it. This is Micah talking about Super Bowl now. It weighs a lot. That's why I want it early. I want it early. That's why I say, bro, if I win the Super Bowl, I never got worried about anything ever in my life. It's different, bro. The names that hold so much weight in Dallas, like it it really blows my mind how much Michael Irvin still is a legend in Dallas. Like, he walks the streets as like a god. I've never <laughs> seen it like that, like ever. I want it early, bro. I need a bag. I visualize like I'm tired of watching Super Bowls and sweets. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I tell you that right now. Like, like it's cool being with the little Celeste and Dick Dove and seeing Brown and seeing Kevin Hart and stuff. Man, ask them. What y'all mean now? Boom, man. I won't be the one they clap before, like. That's the visualization. Like, that's why I think it's okay to go to that stuff. Like, people are so prideful. They like, man, I ain't going to that Super Bowl. Like, nah, man. I'm watched them. I watch them every time. Egos is so big now with some players, bro. It's bad. I'm not like I'm visualizing that parade. Like, you gotta cipher something. Like, pictures is one thing, but when you in person, you like, bro, I can't wait till I'm with my family. I watch all the families. I see the smiles. Like, I wait to see the MVPs. Man, I can't wait for mine. Yeah. I only been here two years. I'm tired of watching. Mm. Now, if he can open up their heads and pour that into everyone, 
which it seems like that's what they're kind of doing. Like there's nobody playing for individual stats anymore, according to Micah. Everybody's playing for team and for everybody, the team to be better. If everybody's on that same page and you get a little luck because there's not a Super Bowl winner in the mm-hmm. last hundred years, whatever, however many Super Bowls have been, that didn't have some luck. You got to have a little luck, but you got to have that mindset. If everybody has that mindset, yeah, this could be a February team. It better be a February team the way that he's talking. No, I mean, but, you're laying it down like. Well, see, but he didn't say guarantee. He didn't guarantee a Super Bowl. But if I'm looking at it right now, Rob, I'm not going to lie to you. It's not. I don't think I don't have them winning the Super Bowl. I don't. I have them with the incremental growth. I have them in the NFC Championship game. I have them at the bare minimum of success. It's the bare minimum of success, but I will view an NFC Championship game as success. If you're better than you were yesterday, you're better than you oh, were last fine. year. Uh, yeah. But I'm not going to be that's the next step. Yeah, but we're parsing it. I'm saying that I think that every Cowboy fan has every right to expect an NFC Championship game. That's with health. You know, with, you know, yeah, yeah, you never yeah. Know. everything is barring health. all things everything. being equal. Right. If we don't get there, if we don't, I love Mike McCarthy. I do. I think he is the don't coach for the Cowboys. But don't you we say have it. to be real here. We're year five now. Don't say that. Four. How long did uh, this I don't is, think- this is, he got there in 2020? So, so we're heading into year four, four three yeah. years coach. Four years. This will be his fourth season. We're not going to have a Jason Garrett, let's give him another chance kind of thing ever again with Jerry. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I think if I had him, I would have a firm discussion and say, this is the expectation. This is the, the, I'm not saying Super Bowl. I'm not even saying win the damn thing, but you better damn well be there. It's, the AFC is just so good. You know, when I'm talking about right. winning the Super Bowl, you know, of course the Rams just won it, but they had a super team, <laughs> and they're, and they're not going to be good for another six, seven years because of it. So it, it's it's not about getting there; it's about winning it. Because if you get there and you lose it, it's it's almost as bad. But it's that it's as bad because if you use it right, heck, San Antonio, we know how to use a loss. If you use it right. It can be the best thing that ever happened to you. Yes, you for can, sure. It can light that thing. Do you think that the Cowboys have that kind of ability to rebound? I don't know. Losing. That's the kind of thing that the damn near it killed would be, them. It would be worse. He said the San Francisco loss damn near killed them, Rob. As it should have. No. Well, I mean. I think that's a little extreme. I think that's a little extreme. <laughs> they, you know, when you lose to a better team, maybe it shouldn't kill you. But we do want that, right? You want anybody want to go see some baseball? I got some tickets for you. I want to go. I love. Is it? Is this? T- it's not Tuesday. It's not two dollar Tuesday, but still, it will be for two dollar Tuesday. Oh, awesome! I got then, tickets yeah, I want for to go. coming up Tuesday, the August the fifteenth. That's payday for a lot of us, and you won't have to spend much money. It's two dollar Tuesday. You know who brings that to you? Who? Us, right here, San Antonio Sports Star. Four pack of tickets to go check out our missions. Take on the Midland Rockhounds. You want them? Get on the phone right now. Six five six three seven seven six six five six Espen to you and me. And uh, be caller number five, and you will go see the missions on us. $2 Tuesday kind of a night. Football tonight. You ready? C.J. Stroud. I'm C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud. It's all about C.J. Stroud. That's all I care about. You said something earlier in the show that when I was looking forward to the Texans, there are two kind of threads I'm seeing tonight. And I like the matchups because you've got the Vikings in Seattle who, you know, one – 
they're in the same place, but one might be headed one direction and the other one might be headed another direction. And we'll talk about that. And then there is the Texans in, in, is this year one of the process? Can we define it as that? Or has the process been in place over the last couple of coaches? Year one. This is year one, right? You had two guys that you didn't want to coach the team. <laughs> you didn't even want them there. You're just like, let's just hold on until D'Amico wants to come home. Last year, the Jets got two dudes. They got Sauce and they got Garrett Wilson. They got offense and they got decent and damn, it worked. They, damn. They, they were better. They took the next step. Texans go get a quarterback and they go get the best defender to come out since we saw Micah. And then you had the surprise in Damian Pierce. So you've got ability on both sides of Bobby the ball. Bobby Trees, Michi's back. You got a good tight end, the one the Cowboys are going to miss. The best tight end in Texas. Dalton Schultz. So there's every reason to expect fun. Right. I don't expect success. I expect fun. Look, if I have to buy Pledge or lunch and it costs me getting to see the Texans like win eight games, I'm okay with that. I mean, of course, I want to win the bet. But if I were to lose that bet, I wouldn't be mad. I think the Texans, it'd be good for for Texan fans, all three of them. To be able to celebrate something. They haven't been able to celebrate since Deshaun Watson went into Kansas City and they were up 24-0. That was the last time it was a good time to be a Texan fan. So I want them to get back to that. The the advent of this next era with the young quarterback and all that goes in there, how much do you play the guy? Uh, Probably a half. Yeah. At least? At least a half. I mean, if you're still trying to decide between him and Davis Mills, play him a half. Play one. Play CJ Stroud one half. And done. Dan- this ain't about Davis Mills. Possibly, I'm, I'm just trying to keep. You know, I'm, I'm trying to not make D'Amico out a liar. D'Amico says it ain't decided yet. They need to see him in real action. Well, I think we'll figure it out tonight. Yeah, I mean, and I and I think again, I said I'm on the fence, but I got one leg on the side of the fence that CJ is going to be fine. And when I say going to be fine, he's going to be like Dak, like Kirk, like Stafford. Like uh, Tannehill, he's going to need things around him to go well. That is 90% of the league. Is uh, Belichick beginning his last season in New England? No way. You don't he's, think so? No. He's like Pop. They, like, they're having fun redoing it. Like, they, they wanted, like, we always talk about players wanting to challenge. Like, Kobe's like, I had to go and win without Shaq. Like, everybody wants a challenge. You don't become Pop and Belichick not challenging yourself. And Belichick and Greg Popovich are both enjoying, like, okay, you know what? Let's start over. And, 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 and let's take my time with it. And let's build something from the dirt. And I think Belichick's enjoying it. And I, just like, you know, Greg Popovich is, who just signed a five-year extension. So I don't think Belichick's anywhere near retiring. Well, I'm not asking if he's retired. Oh, you fired? I'm Hell talking no. about Robert Kraft going, you know what? It might there's be a, about time There's to a small list of guys you don't fire. <laughs> well, the, Bill's on there. The only reason I bring it up. And I shouldn't bring it up because he has earned the right for us not to talk about the safety of his job. He has. He's sure. But last year, the fiasco of we don't need coordinators. We just got coaches. Right. That was an embarrassment. Now that was, that was, I'm, I think I'm smarter than everybody in the Mm -hmm. room. That was, he had, he got humbled. He got humbled because that was awful. When Mac, when super average Mac Jones is cursing the coaching staff out on the sideline, you know, you've bleeped up. Is there any there there? Name anybody on the Patriots that you feel like is going to be on the team when they're good again. Mac Jones. You think Mac's long-term? I think he can be. If Bill puts the right stuff around him. And Bill O'Brien, as long as Bill O'Brien doesn't get hired off, I think Bill, Bill O'Brien as a coordinator is fantastic. They're going to be good. They're going to be solid. They're going to be really good.
The, the AFC East will have a look at being the best division in football along with the AFC North and along with the uh, missing one. A missing one. Oh, AFC West, of course. Of course. NFC. No, there's not a good division wow, not in the NFC. East? Not without, not Philly. I, you know what? I do think the East will be better. And I do think Daniel Jones under Daybowl is going to take another step in the right direction. And possibly. Look, Washington, if they don't put Carson Wentz back in, you might, you may have sent four teams from the NFC East to the playoffs. So I think the East is going to be better. Remember, nobody beat the NFC East but the NFC East last year. Hmm. Then there's that. I mean, there was the we beat ourselves up, but outside of the division or outside of the uh, well, outside the division, uh, that there was was the difficulty. Right now, that's one game, and it's. I think the Texans are probably they're you know in the works. I think New England has a little bit higher expectations than the Texans do. But when you're talking high expectations, Minnesota might be overly high. Minnesota is Michael Jackson at the Grammys when he introduced the moonwalk. Minnesota's not going to be better this year. They're going to be worse. They lost Dalvin Cook. And I and again, I, I'm sticking to it. They weren't the same after the Cowboys came in there and took their soul. They really weren't. The Cowboys snatched their souls and the Vikings stunk out loud. Keep think about how many close games they won. And then they lost to the Giants in the playoffs at the crib. No, I got Minnesota taking a step back. Now, Seattle still low-key scares me, and that's a team that Dallas has to play. That'll be a good matchup for Lock and Key when you talk about Lockett and DK Metcalf and K9. I mean, you can say what you want to and uh, like just blow Seattle off. That's going to be a tough, that's not a, a difficult matchup along with some others. The Detroit was a good game up until, you know, Golf remembered he was golf in the fourth quarter and turned the ball over four times. But I think Detroit's going to be better as well. A lot of expectation for Detroit. Can they play with them, though? My thought on Seattle is they're going to be better. I but think Mike. I think the Vikings moonwalk, and I feel like Seattle possibly takes another step in the right direction. Is it because Geno will get in, get better, or will they just know what they this have the, in this offense and not expect anything more from Geno and just this let is them the do this? The first time in Geno's life where it's like it's your job. The first time in his career where he's not looking over his shoulder, worried about making mistakes, and he has real weapons. Seattle's going to be better. The Legion of Boom, formerly. We talk about the Cowboy defense as legendary, potentially mm-hmm. legendary. What's the nickname? Well, we well, it, how does the nickname mm. arrive? Because it, it's a trait. It's just got a thing. It's, 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 the only good nicknames are the organic. Ones. Right. And I don't want to so throw like, around. Yeah. What are we going to name them? Yeah, because then when we name them, it just like it doesn't. It never works. No. And Hot Boys, they tried to name themselves. Demarcus Lawrence did that. That that was a bad idea. That doesn't work at all. Coming back, we're going to continue talking the Cowboy vein as they're heading back home to take on Jacksonville on Saturday night, a game you're going to catch right here on San Antonio Sports Star. You're talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars that beat the Cowboys? That team, yes. That team. That handily. It wasn't handily. It went to overtime. It went to overtime. Handily. No, you're right. (laughs) No? I'm trying to to remember my thought after that game. I was mad at Dak. No, we were mad at Kellen Moore. Oh, there was yeah. like a third and yeah. short, and they threw a deep out, and then Noah Brown screwed it up. But they were up in that game. They were up in that game, and they let Trevor Lawrence and the gang come back and win. Couldn't stop the run, and Dak couldn't find the ball. Couldn't find his guy. Well, Noah, that's on Noah. and that's Noah's also a Texan. It's a reunion tonight. It's a reunion, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah that's is. Noah this Brown. Is, that's, that's the play right there. 
That's my memory right there. 34 all, the interception. I was mad at Dak. That's a uh, turnover-worthy play. There's that. A turnover-worthy play. That's the kind of radio we do. We do turnover-worthy radio. Sometimes. (laughs) We throw interceptions sometimes. We're not perfect. Andrew McCarthy. Andrew Monaco (laughs) is going to join us just after after, um, 9.30. A couple of things that are really kind of stirring around in with the Aggies right now is the addition of Bobby Petrino. We've all talked about it. We've all talked about it. We've heard from Bobby and Jimbo over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Andrew's been watching it. I'm really interested to see, are we going to see a Petrino offense? Or are we going to see a Jimbo offense through the eyes of Bobby Petrino? Yeah. Because I'm going to say this. Over the last couple of days, I've... Uh, I, I, I went out on a limb and then I reevaluated what my thoughts are. If Jimbo does not let Bobby Petrino take control of this offense, like as much as he wants, I will think much less of a Jimbo Fisher. It is time for you to understand who you are. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not like diehard Longhorn fan and diehard Aggie fan. I do, I have fallen in love with college football and I'm going to watch as many games as possible this year, but I'm not going to lie. I would not mind grabbing Adam Sandler's click remote and fast-forwarding to 2024. I ain't going to lie. Like, 2024 is so juicy. USC leaving to the Big Ten, Texas, and OU going to the SEC. Yes, I'm more excited for 2024 than this year, but I'm still going to watch. Keep in mind, when A&M brought in that number one class of all time, of all time that class was scheduled to be juniors the year they played Texas. I mean that the, the no, I mean no, it no, what you're trying to scare Texas. What, what I'm saying is that while you want to fast forward, so did the Aggies a year ago. We brought in a class right. that was the best All the world had ever seen, and we knew Texas was coming. OU was coming. And they back, baby. We need to delete that. This class back. was supposed to be starters and juniors against Texas, and a lot of them left. Now, depending on who you ask. Now, see, when I went to the Aggie dinner, Jim Jimbo told me, "Well, well, the guys we lost, they 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 weren't really contributors anyway." Paraphrasing, but that's no, kind of what he said. That was exactly it. <laughs> that's what he said. You want to talk about your Aggie hanging out? That's that's the biggest Aggie thing I've ever. Oh, we're better for hey, it. All we're that better bro, for it. All that money in the room, I would have lied too. We don't need talent. I would have lied too. You got to make money. That's a part of the gig. Andrew will be here just after 9.30. Coming back, some NFL gumbo and Dallas Cowboys talk. We got football. It might not be real football. It goes off tonight and all weekend long. The NFL front and center next. You're on R&R, and this is 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh, my God, it's early. Thompson. Ginobili the other way in transition to the back with a left hand slam. I want some nasty. Rudy J. Cowboys win. How else would you settle this game? How about this, Cowboys? Yeah. each day as if it were on purpose. I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. This is R and R in the morning a top flight radio show we believe he's Rudy I'm Rob bringing it to you every morning 
Uh, don't mind them brake lights. We'll get you there. Where are we going to get you? We're going to get you where you're going. Okay. You got an uh, hour of fun that will be iced with a cherry on top with Andrew Monaco. He's only 32 minutes away. I've got some tickets to give away in about 15 minutes. I got some concert uh, tickets. If you're a, uh, let me, let me find, make sure you're not, um, not giving you the wrong show. Uh, in about 19 minutes, I'm giving tickets away to go see Three Doors Down and Candlebox. They'll be at the Moody Amphitheater in just a little over a month, September the 20th. Hang on tight. Those tickets are coming. Get your devices ready. We get football tonight. Yes, sir. We've got two broadcast television games. I was looking at highlights earlier of some of the practices. And this year, the Dallas Cowboys are not doing any inter-squad practices. They're, they did last year. Was it the Rams, I think, that they did it with last year? But... McCarthy's out. They don't, they're not doing that. Philosophy? I, I I thought it helps. But, I mean, at the end of the day, what ends up happening, you know, it's super controlled and you end up getting in a bunch of fights. But my thing is, if you think you have, well, I don't, there's no think. You have the number one rated offense the last two seasons when Dak starts. You have a defense that you feel like can be legendary. Who better to practice against? Agreed. I agree. <laughs> if I'm McCarthy, I'm like, wait a minute. I got this defense. I got Lock and Key and Gill and Diggs. But Dak is gonna be Dak is gonna be coming to his own. Why don't we just sharpen our own iron? We're football fans, right? We want to see better football when the season begins. How yes. are you getting yourself ready for Week One? Go get ready. We want to want a little hors d'oeuvre, though. I want to watch. A, I want to watch some football to get ready for football. But is it? To, would you watch an organized scrimmage over what we're going to get tonight? Hell no. 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 Even though you knew if you were watching a scrimmage, you would be watching the Cowboys, the Bears, whoever your favorite team is, you would know when they're focusing on the guy that you want to see focused on. You would know that you know they're, they're, the Cowboys or whatever your favorite team is is going to run nine plays. We're going to watch them run nine plays, whether they turn it over or not, so you'll get mm-hmm. a, a taste of your starters. We'd, we'd actually get to see Dak in a controlled scrimmage. We'd get to see those guys in a controlled scrimmage against other dudes. Would it? Don't you feel like it would be a better thing for everybody involved? But one thing, would people watch it? No. No. So we, But we don't watch this. This is uh, – I don't – well, that, that's debatable, Rob. I what? think what we're going to do tomorrow we'll, – we'll, we'll set out to do tomorrow we'll – We'll try to find the ratings for these two games tonight and It'll see if people be are watching. .002 15 minutes got, into the game. I got 3 million. And that means fourth quarter. You're talking about 3 million watching. Yeah, that's about right. I'd give you about that. About 3 million. Yeah, the smart. That's, that's, that's about 3 million more than we'll watch an inner squad practice. I think, it w- I think the only people watching the third quarter of any preseason game would prefer to watch a practice than a game. Now, the first half, I'll, I'll agree with you. It's the pageantry, it's the kickoff, it's the colors, it's everything else. But once it comes mm. down to football and preseason, I'd rather well, see, watch. See, this the thing. I, if with these, with those, um, like squad to squad practice scrimmage thingies, like sometimes in the middle of the play, <laughs> the coach will blow the whistle and start screaming at guys where you're oh. supposed to be. You see what I'm saying? Is that, I, I don't want to see that. Case. No, I'm not saying just, just broadcast a practice. Let's pretty the thing up. Let's make it suitable for the next preseason game. That's but, what that is. That's but, what this is tonight. But what I, it, yes and no. You're right. You're right. But we're dealing with 
if we're dealing with crap, let's put some. If we're dealing, let's put some lipstick on this pig. Is what I'm talking about. Because everybody hates only preseason. way. Only way that even make. Only way it makes more sense is if the starters actually play. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And but, I think if it was a controlled practice where you knew we come in tonight and McCarthy gives us the practice schedule, the TV schedule, Dak Prescott's going to get eight plays on offense. That's the plan. These are the. These are when he's going to be out there. We, I think viewership would be up. I think if you knew, but I just feel like you're in. I get to see those guys. I get to see Micah. I get to see Dak. I get to see those guys ones on ones. But it might only be for four plays, dude. I'm there. But I think what you're describing is a a a, a preseason game just sexied up. That but, is a preseason game. Oh, no, we ain't gonna see anybody tonight because it's not a controlled situation. That's what they're right. all gonna say. We don't have control. But in a practice, heck, we can blow the whistle right before the guy gets hit. It's not a game. Let's not lie about it. What we're watching tonight is practice, just a different flavor. It's a pickup game. See, Dak Prescott was born in the preseason. Like I, we've seen guys be born in the preseason game. We saw Victor Cruz be born in like a preseason well, why game. So we they see be born that. in a practice because that's what the you know what I'm saying. I just feel because like because it's, it's controlled. Because tonight I'm gonna be mad. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it on and I'm gonna watch CJ go for a yeah. After when CJ goes to the bench, I go to Netflix. Then I'm gone. Yeah, when CJ when CJ's out, I'm gonna go watch uh, Johnny Manziel. But if I knew I could get 15 for maybe 20 scripted, planned, offensive plays by the ones versus the ones, I think the viewership would be improved. And you could do things to make it interesting. I'd still, even preseason or this practice preseason game you're talking about, I'd still have the QB in red. Oh, no question. I don't, I, I don't think you, I, preseason is so stupid. Again, the, the best point you brought up to me earlier this week was high school and college don't play preseason, and they're fine. Alabama's been just fine without preseason. So with that said, considering preseason dumb, I want to I want to still be able to evaluate my players. I want to be able to make the proper cuts, but I still don't want my quarterback in harm's way if I'm Jerry or uh, you know, whatever NFL owner name one. I still want my quarterback not being touched, even though it's preseason, even though it's supposed to be real action. Like, do you think the Texans want to see CJ Stroud get sacked two, Hell three times no. tonight? Hell no, they don't. And, I think the QB should still be in red. And a quick whistle. Yeah, the QB should be in red in preseason because every we all know that's why they're down to three. Eventually, we'll be down to two, and maybe fifteen years from now, we will not have preseason football because it's dumb and all it does is put people in harm's way. And teams will be forced to earn their seven million dollar checks and make your cuts from within training camp, which and what you see. Uh, the, the games tonight are just the beginning of what will be a full weekend. Keep in mind, you'll get uh, your Dallas Cowboy fix right here on San Antonio Sports Star Saturday evening. Uh, pre let me get my calendar up. Give you the per- correct time. Pre games will get going about three o'clock. We'll be broadcasting all the way through the game, uh, so we'll get going at three, and it'll probably go till about nine or ten. You'll get everything you need right here on San Antonio Sports Star, the home of your Dallas Cowboys. Uh, we're also the home of your fighting Texas Aggies, and Andrew Monaco is only about fifteen minutes away. We're going to look and forward to there. There's a lot of Aggies today. We got. Lucci on with the Blitz at 4.15 as well. Yeah, Billy Lucci is going to join Jason and Joe. By the way, if you haven't seen Netflix's version of uh, Johnny Football's Life, uh, they've got a new specials oh. on there. And Jason Minix, you will hear, if you listen very closely about the first you know nine when you minutes hear into the... Oh, yeah, you hear him. <laughs> uh, you'll hear his voice. He uh, It's a Johnny Football call back in 2008. Well, um, Kerrville Tyvee. Kerrville, the fighting Tyvee. Uh, they go up there. They, there's a lot of film on Kerrville. On that Did Jason special. get a check? I asked him that, 
and he said no. Oh, well, then I don't care. No, I'm kidding. Um, now, I did get a text from my buddy earlier. He said, Rudy, tell Rob we all haven't seen it. <laughs> what am I giving away? What am I giving away? Something? <laughs> They're in a surprise well, ending. <laughs> He's not suddenly suiting up for an NFL team at the end. If you're if you're wondering if it all ends up rosy, Rob, we're wondering if the good guy dies the, or the bad guy the dies. The good like, news is he's still alive. The bad news is it's the same story. Rob you know. just did a trailer. Rod, oh. Rob talked about in the, the first hour or two. It was just a little trailer. The trailer gives. I mean, hell, the Equalizer three. We see damn near the whole movie too. I didn't give. Okay, you didn't give I, anything. Away. I didn't give anything away. Give, other my, than you didn't I learned get, something, dude. You didn't give anything away, and not only that, you gonna know most of it, and not. And by now, social media has put most of it out. Yes. So, spoiler, <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> I did Hell, learn. I, I think the Blitz did two hours on it. So, I, I was, my my buddy must have not been able to listen to the Blitz yesterday. It was. A, it was a lot of candor from Johnny for sure. A lot of candor. You feel um, sorry for him? Um. I will say this. I don't feel sorry for him. I think he was a free-range chicken. Okay, explain. I think his parents raised him in a way that he could just do whatever the hell he wanted his whole life. So when you combine athletic greatness, you combine the atmosphere of what a great athlete in a small town is, and then you put him in another big small town in College Station, and then you throw money and fame into it, and you get exactly what we got. Mm. I don't think anybody else would have been any different than Johnny was given the situation that he came from and given the, the, the time, mm. given the time. Yeah. We talk a lot about these kids, but we raised them. Everybody, these kids nowadays, um, we raised them. Yeah. Billy Lucci. Yeah. <laughs> Billy like, Lucci what are y'all talking about? We'll be here at four fifteen. He plays a prominent role in there. He's uh, he's one of the key things. And what struck me in watching that special as a, you know, I, I can only put things in the prism of my life. And I'm a basketball guy. Me too. And basketball guys, we are used to the legend of those that never was. That mm-hmm. should have been, could have been, but weren't for a lot of reasons. There's more in, in, you know, basketball guys that are just legend. Just You hear about guys like, uh, there's a couple of New York guys that never made it into the league. Earl Manigault. Right. Um, John the Destroyer Hammond. Uh, those guys that are legend that, my God, if you'd have just seen them, what they were capable of. Johnny's that. Johnny is the NFL guy, the legend of what could have, should have been. And it will always think, be I, painful. Yeah. I just don't know if he was, no matter how great he was at Tyler, how great he was at AM, I don't know. It's just some guys that just doesn't translate no, to Sunday. I'm not saying That's that was going to yeah. translate into the NFL, but, I, but the legend of what Johnny should have been in college. Oh, what, yeah. You know, what should have yeah, 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 been. It, 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 and it was, but it wasn't. It was a very satisfying meal for two years that left us hungry. I like that. You know what I mean? You know what that is? Then that you, you did you just describe his career as Chinese he food? He is in fact Chinese General food. Chow's chicken. Because Chinese food is good and it fills you up. But I swear, an hour later, I'm like, damn, I'm hungry. And that's Johnny for uh, Aggies and Johnny. It's and those fast burning carbs. That is right. Andrew Monica will be here talking about the post Johnny Aggies as there's a brand new assistant coach on the roster named Bobby Petrino who is calling plays. We're going to hear from Andrew. We ain't Monica. talking about DJ Durkin either. Well, He's Durkin, in his second year. Yeah, Durkin, we're, we we kind of gave uh, him you a— you don't like him. No, no, I think uh, considering who he replaced, he replaced a legend. So I think Durkin had his own El Wapos. Gotcha. He had his own particular of issues that were greatly overshadowed by a moribund offense and a coach that could not let his quarterbacks go, could not resist just going, going Popovich, going Serbian on a 
20-year-old kid in front of 20 million people. I wonder if I asked the Serbian, is saying going Serbian offensive? Probably. I wonder if over there, the more appropriate term around the world is they're going American. You went all American on it. You went American, yeah. But, but we don't pull guns. That's the, I think that's the idea. I got some concert tickets. To who? Uh, Thursday, be the ninth caller at 210 656 ESPN. It's Hot Ticket Thursday. Wow, that was cool. Be the ninth caller at 210 ESPN. And you could be on your way. The hottest tickets to the hottest events. Ninth caller wins. Uh, join Jason in the front row to go see Candlebox. They'll be with Three Doors Down. It'll be at the movie Moody Amphitheater on September the 20th up there in Austin. Uh, for more details, go to LiveNation.com. Win them right now. Get on the phone. Uh, let's see. We've got uh, Jimbo, just, uh, Jimbo just around the corner. Andrew Monaco just around the corner. One of the primary questions with this Aggie football team is, can they keep receipts and come back and do something with less than the talent that was expected? Now, we have been great about washing over the fact that A&M brought in the highest-rated recruiting class in the history of any recruiting class. They, paid, they bought them. Yeah, they, they bought, bought them, them all. Yes, they bought Rob, them. Free and clear. We bought Rob's them. Rob's like, I'll own it. Which, <laughs> if any other university says anything different to anybody other than Arch Manning, uh, they're lying to you. Right. So, yeah, w- there was the best recruiting class money could buy. I appreciate your honesty. It's refreshing. And it's refreshing. And let's put this on the backdrop. Right now, as we can, you know, this whole idea of what, how we pay the players is now up in the question. It's not about whether the collectives are going to exist. It's about whether those that donate to the collectives will continue to receive the uh, tax deductive qualities of these donations. Right now, I donate to the AM 12 plus thing. I get that as a tax write off. Not only do I get to be the uh, participant in this team, I pay in my player, but I also get a little bit of savings on April the 15th. That's about to go away. Will that affect college football? Absolutely, it will. Yeah, for sure. But will it uh, tie things up? We'll talk about that and many other things with Andrew Monaco. But first, R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Hey, good morning to you. Top of the morning to all. That's Rudy. I'm Rob. Hence the R's. We're glad you're with us here on R&R in the morning because uh, I'd like to welcome on a good friend of ours. You know, you aspire to greatness. We all do. But to, <laughs> to aspire to be the voice of something. I'd like to welcome on the voice of your fighting Texas Aggies, Andrew Monaco, good friend. Welcome on, my friend, coming from the motherland. How are you this morning? It is wonderful to talk with both you. And you know what? Some people think, Rob, that I fell upwards. I'm not sure how that works. (laughs) (laughs) We all aspire to fall upwards and marry upwards as well. And I think all of us listening have done that. Exactly right. All right, Andrew. Absolutely right. You know, watching the the, uh, Johnny football um documentary on netflix was perfect timing i think as we get ready as us aggies get ready for football season as practice has been going before we start digging into the nuts and bolts of the aggies and the college football world in general how's practice looking right now how how's things moving along with the uh, inculcation of a new offense and a new coordinator yeah really really competitive really competitive and i and i love that because now you can see for me watching last year one of the questions was how do you gain experience right and you can't you can't snap your fingers and say okay 
your experience, well, guess what? That that hurt them last year, and now it's something that they possess this year with a number of guys coming back. And, Rob, I'll be honest about this. I think the right guys came back. They become uh, not just your go-to players, but your go-to leaders on this team. And I think mm. there's a ton of respect for Anaya Smith. There's a ton of respect for Damani Richardson, for Max Wright, for Layden Robinson, for McKinley Jackson, who's going to be so key. And it's not just in their positions or in the rooms. I think it's with the entire team. So I think they're the right guys. And I think that helps uh, fill the void that was there last year. Look, they're bothered by last year, too. I, I like, I Let's like hope. that part. And, I and, hope so, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Five and seven is not acceptable. Not to anybody, but especially to them. And that's why I like the quiet confidence throughout the summer uh, when they would come through 12th Man Productions and talking with them. Because, you know, you can do – we see the spring game. And for a lot of times, you see a little bit of, a, of an open practice. But to me, the key is what are you doing when no one else right. is watching? What are you doing in the fourth quarter drills? What are you doing once spring practice is done and fall camp begins? What are you doing there? That, to me, is the time that decides who's the one and who's the two and who's the three. That time that you're putting in, that dedication – and that's what it was fun to see talking with Connor Wigman. I, I asked him, I said, I know you didn't have a lot of starts last year, but now you have an entire off season where maybe Evan Stewart comes to the line of scrimmage and just gives you a hand wave or a nod or something like that. I said, I asked him, I said, that's going to be really fun to see. Are you looking forward to that? He said, we already have that. That's the kind of stuff that I'm really looking forward to, not just in this camp, but in this season. Andrew, we talk so much about, and we could get to, we're going to get to Bobby and Jimbo, but let's talk about DJD and his side of the ball because a lot of that greatest recruiting class of all time, a good portion of it came on the defense side of the ball, and we don't spend any time talking about him. He said he's ready for them to take the next step. Talk about the defensive side a little bit instead of the, the, the back and forth about Bobby and Jimbo and how that relationship will work. Glad you asked that because I think the defense has a chance to be dominant. I really do, and I think it begins with that uh, defensive line, uh, and that's why I brought up McKinley Jackson. Yeah. You know him coming back. I think he's going to be a first round pick. I really do. Mm -hmm. I, I before I get on that D real quick, here's what I love about McKinley Jackson. When he was out last year, at every practice, obviously he's going to do that. He was working on technique with his other defensive linemen, especially the young ones. But he would take the offensive lineman as well and say, look, this is what I'm going to do in this case. How are you going to block it? it, it I love that he works on both sides of the line. But I think that defensive line really is yeah. what uh, will be the key to the success because of McKinley Jackson. And just what you were talking about, uh, LT Overton, Walter Nolan now in, their, in the second year, a healthy Fidel Diggs. Uh, we didn't see Gabriel Brownlow Dindy last year, and all of the players are raving about uh, the player that he is, both Shamars, Turner, uh, and Stewart. And it's really a, it's a D-line that's going to be by unit. So you're going to see a lot of them rotate and play, but I don't think there's a drop-off. Albert Regis there uh, as one of your defensive tackles. Isaiah Rakes as one of your defensive tackles. I, and the other thing that I like is this is a defensive line that says we are going to play eight seconds of hell it used to be six you go all out for the six seconds but they made it eight seconds in honor of terry price who wore 88 when he played at texas a&m the linebackers are deeper chris russell comes back um uh edrin cooper is there 
but you bring in a couple of terrific freshmen in Torian York, uh, Damian Sanford. And again, we've got to see these guys. But another one of those guys from that recruiting class, Marshall Harris is getting a lot of that. And you're going to see a little bit more of the buck. Now, they've always had the nickel. I think they're going to rename it the star. Uh, but you're going to see a little bit more a good of that, name. Buck, like that, that. That, that rusher. I knew you guys were going to love that name, and, and that will be and that will be Bryce Anderson. And then on that back end, uh, a combination of the freshman who played last year and a combination of that transfer portal. Josh DeBerry coming from Boston College, Tony Grimes from from North Carolina, Sam McCall from Florida State, adding to Tyreek Chappelle, who had to play as a true freshman. Jacoby Matthews, Jordan Gilbert, they all had to get snaps. What Jimbo said last year was, I wanted to play them the number of snaps where I thought they could be successful. I, I wanted to play them. I didn't want to have to play them. Well, with all the injuries, they had to play. Mm-hmm. Here's the upside of that. They got to play in the SEC. They got to feel what it was like to play with that speed against that talent. And, and here's, the, here's why I say there's a quiet confidence. They know they're good. They know they can play on that level, and they like the success that they had. So uh, I really think that this defense, I think a second year under D.J. Durkin is also uh, impressive, but I think, he's, I think he's got a little more talent uh, than he's had in the past. Like I said, I think they're, they're deeper and more talented at every, at every position. Are there still questions? Yes but I think they're going to be answered pretty quickly. We talk about questions. Andrew Monaco, the voice of the Fighting Texas Aggies, which you will hear all season long as we are home of them Aggies, and we'll get you going early on and keep you all season long. The, uh, the, the transition this year with the addition of Bobby Petrino, uh, what are you seeing in just the offense? What, what are the primary differences that the Aggie fans are going to notice when we see them against New Mexico? A little more motion. I think you're going to see more motion. Uh, running backs out of the backfield to become an extra receiver. Uh, you're going to see multiple sets. You're going to see a couple tight ends. You're going to see uh, the receivers. Uh, you're going to see them play a little bit everywhere. It's not like this guy's just here. Now, you're always going to have the X, Y, and Z positions. Right. To get that. But I don't think it's going to be just, oh, this guy is just an exclusively over-the-middle guy. And, and more than anything, I think <laughs> Bobby – Bobby had a chance to talk with the media, and obviously we knew what happened in the, in the off season and addressed and everything, saying you know he had a chance to go to UNLV, but I think it was an opportunity to work with Jimbo Fisher, and I think it was an opportunity to work with his talent. I'm not going to lie about that. I mean, I did this wide receiving court. He's never had anything like this. this. I don't think so. Not under not under Jimbo, and and I'm I dare say it. I'm going to have to ask Ryan Swope, and I'm going to go back to Shea Walker, who played under. Uh, uh, Jackie Sherrill, if they've had this much talent. <laughs> Let's slow down with it. Shea. That's a long time ago and a very good team way back then. That, Earn that. that. That's my guy, though. That's my guy. That's my, fir- that's my first Aggie that I worked with doing football. We were down there. We did, we did some high school and college football together. I love Shea. We hope they uh, achieve this kind of shape. Uh, Andrew, is Connor – we- Oh, go ahead. Out there, if you put three receivers out there, right, Yeah. pick your three. You're leaving, you're leaving a talented guy. That's why you can go four or five. Let's say you go just by number. Okay, uh-huh. zero and Nias is going to be out there. One, East is going to be out there, right? Three is now Noah Thomas. Where's Moose? Okay, where's Micah Tease? Where's Deep. Robert Cottrell? Deep. Where's Jade Walker? And see, that's, that's what makes me excited about it. And it's an opportunity to do all of that as well as get your running backs, which that becomes a question. Who replaces Devon? It's not easy. Uh, but but that with with that talent now now add the tight ends who I believe are those I believe tight ends are becoming hybrids. You still have to block. You still have to be in that 
offensive line fraternity, but but you also have to catch. But it's a second year now for Donovan Green. Max Wright being back. Theo Mellon-Orstrom has really emerged. Jaden Platt is a freshman who's played uh, very well. And Jake Johnson is healthy. And that's a 6-6 target that possibly his brother will be throwing to. I, it's, that's what I like. I like the weapons that they have for sure. Everything we're hearing right now, joined by Andrew Monaco, radio play-by-play voice for Texas A&M Aggies. Everything we're hearing right now about Jimbo and Bobby is kumbaya. Everybody's getting along. Everything's good. Week seven, will that still be the same when things – it's the SEC. You're going to lose games. Everybody's going to lose games. Everybody's not Georgia. Everybody's going to lose games, and things are going to be big games. We saw it. We see it all the time. Come week seven, week eight, will it be all kumbaya and everybody's happy-go-lucky by then? What's the record? <laughs> four and three. How are they? How, four and how three. Are they playing four, four and three. No one's going to be happy. You know what I mean? Like, I, That's true. Like, 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 That's like, true. Why weren't the stories? Why weren't the stories of Jimbo at Daryl Dickey's throat last year? Mm. Like, I, the, the, here's my problem is, and this is why I hate talking season as as I as I talk. <laughs> right. <laughs> the narrative about Bobby Petrino never came out of the bright Slocum complex. It came from someone else who said, Oh, I didn't, I didn't get along with Petrino. Oh, they'll never get along. And, and, and the Aggies, why do we address, you know, you guys know Jimbo doesn't care about the outside world, right? How am I going to win? And Bobby and Jimbo know one another and it, and it does work. There's going to be a lot of similarities. Look, I'm here. <laughs> if you don't have an offensive line, I don't care how much talent you have. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it, you can't, you can't have Connor Wigman get, Evan Stewart the ball if he if he's not standing up right you have that Max Johnson can't hit his brother Jake Johnson if he has no time to deliver the ball defensive line if you're giving up if you're getting gouged on the run game and the run game wasn't good last yep. year the pass game was great on defense no oh, wait a second we're going back to winning in the SEC and that means winning in the line of scrimmage this team's still going to run the ball they're going to, it's going to look a little different. What you try to do, and Jimbo even talked about this, but, but Bobby was talking about it, had a chance to sit in with the, with the quarterbacks. Where are you finding the mismatch? If I have three receivers on this side and they only have two defenders, guess which side of the field you're going to be looking at? You're right, look right, at that. right. Don't complicate right. this, right? And, but that's where some of the motion really gets you. Can you make the defense then start to guess? But it's not, it's not going to be like – we're not running air raid under Mike Leach. That's not, that's not in the DNA of this team. You know what I mean? But you have a quarterback with confidence, read that defense, identify, make the decisions, make it quick. Bobby's very good with a quarterback. Yes, he is. The way, the way they talk about it. Now, look, great point. Four and three, no one will be happy. I don't think it's going to be that. I, I, I don't know. But, I mean, you'll see a difference, though, I believe, against – New Mexico, and I don't think here's my here's my thing. It's like, oh man, we had such a bad year last year. We've got to be really good last year. And the first drive is great, and the other thirteen drives are terrible. That's not going to do anybody any good. But that's not the feeling that I have. They, the the whole feeling is we know how it felt last year, and any time that even creeps into a practice, it's immediately stopped. And that's what I love about the leaders. They're assuming hey, it's, it's almost like they're saying a combination of it's my fault and I'll fix it. And, and the void last year is I, I, I don't blame anybody for it. I don't think they knew how to lead or if they were supposed to, uh, because there's, you know, there's, there's that unity council, which 
came down with the suspensions in the Miami game for all the guys who missed curfew right. and who said after South Carolina, look, we don't want those guys back. That, mm. that I think, was an important step. But they, anytime they feel something start to slip, if they don't like – the coaches, I don't think, have to say any longer, hey, pick up the tempo. The players are saying this to one another during camp. These leaders are saying it. And it's reminding me a little bit of the 2020 season, that Orange Bowl season. That's what they had. And, Rob, you know, I say this to you an awful lot. Saturday is determined by Monday through Friday. Amen. I thought that 2020 team was so special on Monday through Friday last year. I didn't see the similarities between those two. Even early in this camp, I can see with the tempo and, and, and the competition in the camp, it's, it's much more like that than it was last year. That's Andrew Monaco, the voice of the Texas Aggies. And let's look at the broad scope of the SEC right now. What's the, what are you guys talking about when you see all the news about the shifting of teams and changing of conferences and maybe the imminent, uh, maybe the SEC might continue to grow? Um, what's your thought around the building? As, the, as college football just continues to ripple and change. It was the right move, wasn't it, to be in a, to be in a conference where you're not questioning Genius how move. many members are going to be here tomorrow. Yeah, it really was. It really was. Um, and, and, again, you're looking at a chance next year, two more teams coming in. I think you're looking at a conference that is proactive, not reactive, or in the case to me of the Pac-12, made no move not proactive or reactive. It was, it was neither. And I don't think there was that kind of communication between the schools of, are you happy? Are you not happy? Uh, obviously Colorado wasn't cause they bolted as quickly as they could. Obviously what USC and UCLA did to kind of start that chain reaction, but to not be gauging what Oregon and Washington were going to do to who at the time become the linchpin. You don't hear of anybody wanting to leave the SEC schools. Want to come <laughs> in the Great point. And, and again, obviously, it's you know, money is a big part of it, right? I totally get that, and the and the TV contract and that. But it's nice to be in something that is uh, really solid, uh, and and you see what else is going around. I think you can feel for it, you know, for the other schools and this and that. But know that it was the absolute right decision thirteen years ago. Andrew, what are the what are y'all telling people like myself who I just want to be entertained? I don't have any stake in it. I'm not an Aggie at all. What are y'all telling people? That just fast forward me to twenty twenty four, get me to Texas, Texas A and M. Like I don't, I'm not, I don't want to discard this year. But people like my, I'm gonna be honest, Andrew. You, if I, if I had the click remote, <laughs> I would, I, I would easily fast forward to twenty twenty four and get back to Texas, Texas A and M. boy. Now, now, now you, now you may have if if they do it right, and I hope they do. I hope that's just, I hope that's Thanksgiving weekend. It better be. But it should be. The one thing I've always liked about the SEC, now this is going to be interesting with, with th- those two schools coming in, but they protect rivalries. If you think about it, like even, you know, uh, obviously, you know, um, Florida still plays LSU, even though they were in different divisions. And I know the divisions are going away. Right. You always had the, those inter, inter, uh, interdivisional matchups. And I hope that they keep that rivalry. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that it is Thanksgiving. I, I think that will, that will be good. I know I will not get my wish here, but I do wish that just anyone at Texas will say, you guys were right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah right, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. right. I, I know it's not happening. Oh, man. Right? But, I mean, it took them 13 years to make the same decision. So That they uh, criticized. You know, maybe, maybe, 
maybe maybe some of them put a billboard up, you know, uh, for for that as well. Uh, I, 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 the other thing is, I, I, you know, it, it makes it a very strong 16, and, that, and we're seeing once again. I don't think it's a seismic shift, but I think we're seeing the shift. And you know, f- you know, for them uh, to, to come in, um, I, I think it's I, <laughs> I, I re- it becomes almost must see every single. Oh my week. goodness, Andrew! Oh no matter, yes, no matter where they are. Yeah, no matter, no matter who, who it is, right? Uh, real quick and before I think that's going. Speaking of must that's see, that's going to be the big adjustment. Uh, they're not uh, going to get. They're not going to get a week off. No, that's that's done. Nobody is though. But yeah, go ahead. And let's get off Nobody. football real quick. Is the basketball team in the Bahamas right now? Are they playing someplace? Basketball team is in the Bahamas. They get to play uh, three games there. It's a it's a wow. week of the bonding and. Uh, yeah, I'm. I, you didn't I'm get that gig. <laughs> You're not you didn't there. put your name on that list. No, no. I you know what? I and I was kind enough to have Buzz on a Christmas card one year. He, I don't think he's ever going to be on another Christmas. Party. I know. Well, you're doing God's work, standing on the sidelines and right outside of the uh, football stadium there at Bright. Um, congratulations. This is going to be a crazy year, man. This is going to be one of those years that I think we look back at Aggie fandom, and it's going to. Th- this is a fork in the road kind of year. Do you feel that way? This is uh, this is a year that I know Jimbo knew because of the recruiting mm-hmm. and having the experience. This was going to be a, a, a huge year, and he knew twenty four was. Also, with the talent coming in, I know the guys left from last year, but if you remove those guys who left, still a highly recruited class. And and I love the question that that Rudy Rudy you asked because there are you're going to see those players dotted. They're going to be here two or three more years and and have that impact. And I think I have a chance. I think it has a chance to be a special year, not just in comparison to last year. I, that's why I said I like the confidence that this team is carrying. Is can Connor Wegman be Jimbo's Jameis Winston? Yes. Mm. Yeah. It's 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 funny. Uh, I I always say, hey Jimbo, I don't know what it is, but when a player has it, <laughs> and then Jimbo proceeds to tell me what it is, what the what the factors that go into the it, and and I really believe the combination. Of those of those two, I think Max will make Connor better. I think Connor makes Max better. Max in better shape, throwing the ball really well. You're going to have a lot more confidence. Again, can you keep them healthy? No other team had three quarterbacks. No other team lost an all-SEC center. Bryce Foster being back mm. is huge. You have an offensive line that will be able to play together, can take that next step. That's why I say – well, I love I love the sizzle of everything. I love the sizzle. skill position. I really do. I think that's great. But you know what? You got to get down to the you know what what wins you is protecting those guys, and the pocket has been protected. Look, I don't think this offensive line is going to face a better defensive line all year than what they're going to face Mondays. I, I think when you get to go up, when Lane Robinson gets to go up against McKinley Jackson, that's two of the best in the entire conference, and they're going to bang on each other. 20 times on Monday and another 20 times on Tuesday, man, you're going to look across the line on Saturday going, man, I could block McKinley Jackson. I'm going to have a good, I'm going to have a good Saturday today. <laughs> that guy is not Great McKinley point. Jackson. You know what I mean? Like I, Great I really point. think that, and I know, I know each of those lines really respect one another, but I, I still say through all the stuff that's going, that is always going to be the key. I don't care just for Texas A&M. That's how you win in the SEC. That's why Georgia has been successful. That's why, Alabama has always been successful because of those lines and when they've been down. It's a reason why LSU was close, but they couldn't get to the promised land last year because that offensive line of them, even though it was the end of the first year, a lot of freshmen, the Aggies were healthy on that defensive line, won that battle, 
the Aggie offensive line against LSU won that battle, and you had Devon A-Chain running for over 150 yards. That's the key, and I hope that win in 2022, the final win, proves to be the first win in 2023. I think that's part of the identity. He's Andrew Marnico. The party begins 23 days, 10 hours, 4 minutes, and 57 seconds away as the Lobos show up to College Station September the 2nd. You'll hear Andrew on the call right here on San Antonio Sports Star. Hey, man, look forward to speaking with you every week. Let's talk some good Texas Aggies. Uh, Thanks for stopping by, man. We always appreciate the knowledge. My pleasure, guys. Great talking with you this morning. Andrew Monaco coming by for a regular. You know, we are your home for the fighting Texas Aggies all season long. And if you want to catch Monaco and all the calls, we'll have it for you along with uh, last year we had players for the regular and Andrew will be stopping by pretty consistently. And what we said, it's uh, September 2nd for the Aggies. The Lobos. Lobos in town very quickly. Miami on the road is going to be, I think, the separator. And that, you know, talking with Andrew, and I know what Andrew's job is. Mm -hmm. Andrew has a job. Keep well, in mind who pays Andrew Monaco. <laughs> no, and he does it very well. He's going to give you the brightest possible future he and the prettiest to. possible future. Yeah, yeah for sure. I am still, I still question this forced marriage. I still question. Me too. It. I, I I just question it when they, when when the adversity hits. That's it. I just because again, you're Jimbo Fisher. You believe in yourself, and if you know. If, if things aren't going right and the plays aren't being called that you think should be called, I could see some adversity within the uh, you know behind closed doors between him and Bobby. And have we ever seen this work? Have we ever seen uh, in a, either a collegiate or a professional atmosphere where the owner or the or the AD went, "You're not fired, but I'm going to get somebody else to help you." Has that ever worked out? I, in my knowledge, no. In the end, only one can stand. And it normally isn't the coach. Yeah. You know, when you get a bunch of alphas in a room, it can get weird. Given the situation with a guy like Petrino, I would say that of all the teams in the country that are dark horses, that are, you know, thought of as, you know, also ran top 25s, you know, looking for a good Peach Bowl berth, you know, looking for a nice right around Christmas day game, that AM has the most potential to jump up. Just because sure. so little is thought of. So little is thought of this of this team just because of how god awful bad they were last year, and it, it injuries well, and youth. Yeah, and there was also a bit of arrogance. Yeah, they played that, three QBs. We will your, never be yeah, able to you make. Get, you get to your third string, you're gonna have a bad. Season. Yeah, you're playing 15 linemen, and the ones you are playing are freshmen. I mean, it, it was there are a lot of reasons for it to be awful, but there was this sense, I think, this undercurrent of um, arrogance right. that a And M foolishly had and but for a bama win but for that bama win it would have been a season of catastrophic proportions catastrophic damn well think about they're five and seven and we're looking back on it like my god that was the worst thing that any school has gone through ever that's kind of how most aggies are feeling but they beat bama and lsu yeah lsu is kind of a um picking fights i'll take it you tell you tell me I'm the head coach of a college team, and at the end of the season I can say I beat Bam and LSU. I'll take it. And with still, third, with my third string quarterback and a bunch of freshmen, I take it. And you were five and seven. So the narrative <laughs> is, yeah, poor Aggies. It's only going to get worse in right. this super thick SEC. But I think the fact of the matter is, if these two guys can get together, and I, I to me, the jury's out, and everything is on Jimbo on this. Yes, it's all on yes. Jimbo. 
You're yes. the one who creates the space. You're the one that's going to allow or disallow how much he's allowed to do. Listen, you need him. The offense needs him. You need to spend some other time away from him. Step away. Let him do what he needs to do. Fair. We've given you a chance. You didn't get it done. Not yet, anyway. And we're only beginning our Aggie talk today. Billy Lucci is going to stop by uh, with the Blitz today a little after 4 o'clock. You'll see him prominently in the new Netflix Johnny Football. Uh, yeah, I'm going to watch that tonight after CJ gets benched. And so, you know, you got about 15 minutes in there. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of CJ getting benched, uh, John McClain will be stopping by. The general will be sitting in with the Blitz today as they get you ready for what begins the process for the Houston Texans. CJ Stroud, the six-year rookie, uh, will be starting. Uh, his- D'Amico's on the clock. <laughs> he is on the clock beginning of. He got three years. What's the best case scenario for tonight? Oh, I mean, I'm not talking about. I, I should say this. What would you feel best about watching CJ come out and just play, or do you want to see this defense make some plays? CJ, I mean, I, 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 it still boils down to CJ. You got to have a quarterback in this league. You have to have a quarterback in this league, which is. Another reason why I just don't feel like, you know, that Cowboy team could be legendary because it all comes down to, to offense. Offense, offense, offense. So the Chiefs didn't have the best defense in that Super Bowl. Philly did. But they had the, the Chiefs had the best player, which happens to be the quarterback. They, Simple as that. The Texans managed to pull off the double dip just like the Jets did last year, not only landing Stroud, but bringing in Will Anderson Jr. And by your measure, and I think a lot, of other guys, the the next kind of Micah Parsons hybrid linebacker edge destroyer. And we should feel good about CJ, man. Again, we we praise Philly to the high heavens. Oh my gosh. They got all the they got the everybody from Georgia. They just retooled. Oh my God, did you see what they did to Georgia? Yes. And I saw CJ carve them up. We can't praise Georgia and not praise CJ. They concussed Marvin Harrison Jr. Didn't get a targeting, by the way. <laughs> no targeting play. Ohio State wins that game if Marvin Harrison Jr. doesn't get concussed. So I saw C.J. literally destroy what is probably one of the best defenses we've seen in the last 10, 15 years. So I'm I'm, I'm, I'm about to put this second leg over the fence with C.J. after tonight. On the other game we get tonight, Minnesota and Seattle, two teams, playoff caliber teams, but you get the sense that one of them, the team in purple, might be headed in a different direction from last year. And uh, you brought it up earlier, and looking back, did it all begin when the Cowboys stole their soul after that nice yes. little winning streak? They're not the same from that point they on. They haven't been the same since. And, I, again, I got them moonwalking. And I got Seattle a, a, a real, like, probably the fourth best team. Nah, fifth, fifth, sixth best team in the NFC. Which isn't saying much, but still. Last year, I changed my opinion of Geno Smith. I welcomed, him, I welcomed him into the constant starter fraternity. Of the NFL. As you should have. He but, deserves it. He's, but, already, he's been through a lot. He has got every tool. I mean, not every tool. Well, yeah, I'm not not his tools, but he's got wide receivers. Tight end, running back, O-line. There's no quarterback in a, in a, in a softer situation. This is a very soft thing for him. He's got everything that he actually needs to be on a good football team to take him someplace, and it's really on him, I think. And a coach that understands how to make you a game manager. We saw Pete Carroll do it with Russell Wilson early on in Russ's career. Good football. It's just the beginning. Remember, we got football every weekend all the way through February. You're, we're your home for the Cowboys. We'll have them for you coming up on Saturday. 
Rudy and I got some TikToks to make, some fancy videos to make, some film to watch. We got work to do. Y'all be cool. The Blitz starts in just a few hours.